This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hello, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Will. Hello, I'm a very accurate copy of Terrence. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same for the podcast. Hello. This is the podcast, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Hello, I'm uh, Jay Manford Weixel, also Jonathan Weixel. Uh, I go by Jonathan. And we're going to talk about Sailing to Byzantium by Robert Silverberg. First published in Asimov's uh, in February 1985. A very relatively late Silverberg. Yeah. Um, so I like I, I like Robert Silverberg. He's got a problem though. Uh, I I think he he um, his skills are really good, really really good skills, and uh, he loves literature. Uh, doesn't know much about science other than you know sort of in the general things. Loves history and uh, not very interested in children, but all his stories, all of them, <laughs> and the more I think about it, are all about uh, sort of male-female re- relationships, just marriage, basically. Um, and that, that's all of his science fiction. <laughs> but but he does really good work in that very narrow, like, like Philip K. Dick will do marriage stories, but not every story is a marriage story. Some is like, I, I think my dog knows aliens. <laughs> like that, right? Like there's some other stuff there. But I, I'm trying to think of a story by Silverberg that doesn't involve um, the, relationships as the central core way of him telling story. Um, oh, dear God. I'm not, let, me, let, me, let me think about this. Um, like Passengers, which I think of Sailing to Byzantium as kind of an inversion of passengers. Uh, it's actually much more appropriate to think about the Bester story called um, The Roller Coaster, which is uh, more passengers than passengers is, because it's not aliens. It's just uh, humans from uh, the future. Yeah, it's I a terrific story, Alfred Bester. I don't really see this as a fault. Um, no, I'm not, yeah, but, saying, but, but, I'm not but, saying it's an, a massive fault. I, but, I, I'm saying it's, it's, it's his only a, thing. It's his but only trick. It's his main thing, and um, I'm going to both defend and and criticize you, Jesse, at the same time. Wow. Uh, for 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 those listeners and fellow guests who don't know, Jesse's focus and primary point of interest in reading science fiction is ideas, not characters and relationships. And from it's Jesse's point it's of view, because I'm a dude. No, no, it's not because you're. It's not because you're dude. Dude, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to gender stereotype this. Um, from Jesse's point of view, the ideas come first, and and really, the characters can go hang. As far as Jesse's concerned, I I used to be a lot more of a reader like Jesse. Once upon a time, I was like, I need ideas and world building. I eventually came to understand and appreciate and want characters, but Jesse, Jesse, Jesse is still in, still Jesse immature. remains in that mode. No, no, I'm not saying it's immature. I'm actually here. I'm defending you. It's, it's a type of, you know what you like, you know, the kind of science fiction you want to read. You, you have a mode that you, you're comfortable with and gives you pleasure and value. And that is 
strongly idea first and foremost science fiction. When when and you feel and I've noticed this on a number of podcasts, just when characters are once put forward as the primary thing, you feel wrong footed in reading that book. I've seen I've seen it. I don't, you, you, I don't know about wrong footed. No, no, no. In no, this no. particular book, the the high point of the book comes half an hour before the end. It's about two hours forty five minutes, right? I, I looked at my phone to see what time the the high point of the book came. You know, like how much is left. You. So, so what do you consider the high point? The revelation it, that he is uh, android. But I figured yeah. that out like an hour before, hour and a half before it happened. Oh, you're smarter and, than me, apparently. And and, 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 and and there there are hints in the first bit of the book that something is wrong with it. In the very beginning, because the um. Because the because the real somewhat Sumeracula won't listen to him at the beginning. Remember? Oh uh, yes. Somebody breaking up. Like, say again. Say again. The 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 the, the known Sumeracula won't obey him at the beginning yeah. of the book in Alexandria, and and his his partner is confused. Being confused as to why this would be is like, did you did you tell did you command it? Did you hmm. just suggest it? But it's clear that some he is different right yeah, from that, the get go. That's good. The Absolutely. other thing. The other hint is that he's like, oh, I remember New York, but I don't remember who I was or what my job was or any details of what I did in my life. Just That's because he's New Robert York. Silverberg. He's the- no, 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 not because, because he's Robert Silverberg. Right, because he, right, because, because he's a similar – I mean – I get okay, it. I get I'm, it. I'm, I'm going I'm to bring in the movie Dark City, for example. In Dark City, the, 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 uh, the people kidnapped to the city – Live, live through it, live, live, live night after night, and the one character, the character is breaking free. Says, "Can you remember a day? Not some time ago. Can you remember yesterday during the day? And you can't. It's just like because pe- because it's just a matter of people being programmed that way. And and so it's so I'm the it's only ma- person I know who hates Dark City. You're the I, only person who knows hates Dark City. I rented it on Laserdisc, and I'm like, oh, this looks like a, uh, it's going to be. And a good I thought movie. you would love it because there's, it's got yeah. two versions. There's the theatrical and the director's cut. The director's cut is very highly superior. Uh, well, I, I got the Laserdisc, so uh, it was widescreen. No, I don't know. No, how to no, do no, that. no, no. The, the director's cut came out years later. Okay, well, I guess so. I never so saw maybe you watched uh, the director's cut when when it first came out. It was like too crazy to be released in cinemas so they kind of cut it up like they did to Blade Runner and, 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 and added that narration at the beginning like yeah. Blade Runner and it yes it was, it, very it was similar inferior, inferior product for sure yeah um so 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 we so going back so going back to our main character so main, main character it's like what's his name Phillips Charles Phillips. Charles. 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 Why did I say uh, Howard? Charles. He doesn't remember Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Of his life in in New York, he just remembers vague things about New York and the Yankees and stuff. But Mm. he, I mean, does he? He doesn't remember the last time he ate a hot dog, for example. But he he just remembers vague stuff about. Well, I, I, I presumed. I presumed this was, and maybe I was supposed to presume. Uh, that this was another uh, in the tradition of uh, C.M. Cornbluth's um, uh, Marching Morons, where the guy from the past somehow ends up in the future. It happens in lots of books. I mean, There's I a mean, that, William that's, Morris that's, book that's, like that's that. The, that's the fake out. But but there are clues right at the beginning that, no, there's something. Yeah, I, I'm not thinking that this is a mystery book. 
I never amazing. thought. I, it, what what what's the best part about this book other than that revelation? You know, is, uh, which is fun because he there's a lot of uh, it's not neurosis exactly, but a lot of internal thinking. You know, he's having a conversation with a guy, and then if we were watching this as a film, you would just see his face and the words narrating. You know what he's thinking about what this guy's saying, right? There's a lot of that, which is very solid. But the opening description, which for some reason in the audiobook is repeated uh, from the back of the book, is a early, you know, part of the book. So we get it three times, <laughs> which is... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, which is like, it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful, the description of the dawn in uh, Alexandria and... So the, the whole book the writing is beautiful that's yep. what i'm saying is like the writing is beautiful the concept is is solid this is very similar to uh the city in the stars by arthur c clark which i think uh, was rewritten twice um to get the final version uh and and it you know it's so this is far future uh we've got a, a character visiting the far future and that like if you think about what the plot is guy has girlfriend guy loses girlfriend guy searches for girl oh, girlfriend <laughs> uh they girlfriend and boyfriend sail off to byzantium right very simple boring plot um but the writing oof so good um perfect length right i don't want a novel that's way longer than this novella this length Super solid. I was just thinking about how um, we did that. Uh, Last Silverberg was um, another another one where Silverberg says, "I read a piece of literature from the late nineteenth, early twentieth century, and I have something to say about it." <laughs> was that what was the eighteen uh, nineties book he did? Heart of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, Heart of Darkness. Yeah, which 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 was Heart of Darkness. Yes, right. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't read the Yeats poem before um, this. So had I read that, I would have like, oh, the plot is all in that, right? He's responding to the poem. He, yeah, he's, he's responding in a emotional way to the poem. Absolutely. I, it's this, his trick. His one trick. Is, let me do a relationship because I really know about – like he's not a, he's not a guy who's like um, uh, studied science. He's a guy who loves science fiction and loves literature. And happens to be good at writing. And, and he so knows a yes. lot about ancient cities. Oh, yeah. Um, it, he has another one called Gilgamesh the King that's mentioned in the, uh, you know, the bio. Um, and Gilgamesh is mentioned in here, right? He loves his ancient history. Just oh, 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 yeah, I mean, he's, he's, written, he's written books set in ancient history. I mean, he wrote, he, wrote a, he wrote a book called Gilgamesh the King, which is basically a historical history slash fantasy about Gilgamesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, other, which I'd be willing other, to do because I, I I think Silverberg's really good. The question is: Is an audio, I, is there an audio version of that? I have to I don't check. Know. I've mentioned. Yes, there uh, is. I've got it. Um, oh, cool. Oh, all right. I think we should. How long is definitely... it? I don't know. I I, <laughs> I got bored at the beginning, so I don't oh, know. I've, I've, I've mentioned up the line. Yeah. Here before. Yep. That's mm -hmm. about tour guides who bring tourists to ancient cities. Again, this to, is a tourist to, book, to, right? Um, right. Yeah, it's a tourist book, which yeah. uh, tourism, is, which we also uh, had in the last. Um, in uh, every Silverberg I've read. Yeah. Yeah, passengers is about tourists. Yeah. yeah. It's but, interesting. But, 
up the line. It's uh, it's Tom Jones, basically, and it even says it on the um, hold on on the uh, on the back cover. It says, um, um, let's see, um, where, where does it? Um, it says something about Tom Jones, like on the on the on back. Somewhere in the book, it says it's like Tom Jones. The novel, not the singer. Yeah, the novel. Ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, up the line, like on the front cover, it says he was a kind of Tom Jones of time travel. Mm. I, I like that Silverberg tells you what he's going to do, right? So, Sailing to Byzantium is the name of the eighth poem. He's not trying to hide it, right? He, he says, oh, no, I'm no, going to no, tell no, you what... No, no, quite uh, to the contrary, he, he, he wants to point out, hey, I'm doing this yes, thing. Yes, because he loves the literature. He's got a story called The Secret Share, right? That's the same title as the uh, Joseph Conrad story, right? Different different uh, story. The sharing is different. <laughs> but it's the same idea. He, he says, I read this amazing thing, let me respond. And he does. Um, but very, very solidly, right? Um, so Gilgamesh the King, it, sa- it says it's 13 hours, 11 minutes, read by William Kuhn. Uh, that's a 1984 book, which is interesting because I haven't, I haven't read that one. I put, I put it on the schedule is, uh, in November. Is okay, up the line up there? Is up the um, line? Let me look. That's a good question. Um, he's still alive, Silverberg, yes. but he's not writing much. He's, no. he's he just writes speeches. Like- Columns, I think. I yeah. think he, he might still write a column for Asimov, so I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, you have to find something. I, I read has a, a column copy. by him where he was like, I really didn't think getting an iPhone with a GPS in it was like very good, but then I got a GPS and it was like, wow, this was great. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's just writing about, you know, modern tech because <laughs> he got some. Which well, is fine. It was about relationships because yeah, his wife was involved of course. in the story. So. I'm pretty sure they're childless. Pretty sure about that because there's yeah. no, no there's no children in this book, right? There's no children in the previous book. There's um, no children in this world. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's no children there, in this there's world. There's no adults in the world. There's no. Uh, well, I yes. think. Yeah, I there's think neither. <laughs> I think actually, our main character is the adult, right? Because he's. Yeah trying to solve this problem that his girlfriend has who, you know, she, you know, go for characters, Paul, trying to defend her. <laughs> There's nothing there, right? Uh, she's just a nice lady. That's she's it. an Eloy. She's an Eloy, uh, indeed. They're mostly all Eloy. They're very much interesting. She's an Eloy who has a little more consciousness about herself. Who are the Morlocks? They're the robots that are the robots. The robots are the Morlocks. Whoa. I I, 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 I mean, consider that they're the ones that are building all these cities and tearing them down. And when he goes to, uh, when he goes, when he goes to the uh, deconstruction of one, the robots tell him, nope, you can't be here. You can't be here. Leave, leave. They're they're definitely the, uh, Unpaid uh, proletariat of the society and the the people wandering around these. Uh, there's these no th- pay in this world. There's no. no. Th- there's no um, money is it's, meaningless. It's just money. Uh, money is yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 a it's a very uh it's a very it's, 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 I I'd like to know like who is actually fixing these robots. 
Who's actually other who robots? Are other robots? No, no, no. But but that that, that that's that's just a that's a game of Chinese. Paul, this words. doesn't need any addition. This this no 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 no. Very small idea. I know, right? I know, I know, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to deconstruct it as a, as a, as a plausible science fiction future. And the, the, I think it works exactly just, the same way as the Arthur C. Clarke, right? The City and the Stars. People are like literally generated out of the computer's, you know, DNA. Just like says, you know what? We need a new person for this for the city. It's uh, basically it's it's not about a guy from the 80s who wakes up in the 50th century. It's about a guy from the 1960s who wakes up in the 1980s. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's about a guy from 69 transported to 84. No, to 2023 when he finds out his phone has GPS. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's it's about how a post scarcity economy becomes yes. a society of the spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's Tell a, us more. I, I was I was thinking, uh, Terrence, you weren't on our our show uh, with Mark Twain uh, called um, "Innocence Abroad," <laughs> right? With Mark Twain. Yeah, our, our, our Mark Twain show where we had Mark Twain on. <laughs> yes, we we conjured him up Sam. from the past. We we ran all his his photos and his his writings all through uh, AI, and we were we we had him on the podcast, and he was he's very oh, entertaining. God. Uh, no, you know what that actually reminds me. That makes me think of a different Silverberg story. That makes me think of Enter a Soldier, Later Enter Another, which I, I believe I won know a Nebula, that title, but I which, I've which never I believe read remember it. won a Nebula, um, or at least nominated was Nebula. That's basically um, in the future a computer creates simulacra of Pizarro and Socrates and has them engage in a dialogue. It's it's delightful. Yeah. Wow. Silverberg's yeah, got some, really good. some love of history. So the listings, uh, here are the listings for his books. Um, on, so, on sorry, what was your idea on the oh. Mark Twain show? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So Innocence Abroad is, is about the, sort of the invention of tourism, where oh, yes. not pilgrimage, religion, uh, although uh, Paul well, talked about the pilgrimage. The invention of modern t- tourism, because I think That's I mentioned correct. in the podcast at the time, Back yes, in the times of the Roman Empire, there were basically tourists running around the Roman Empire because it was nice and stable and relatively safe. So yeah, Americans it, going to Europe, right, is what so, it so is. So you had Romans going to going to Egypt and Syria and Greece for fun. Sure. Yeah, like so, travelogues were really popular. But, the, yeah. but va- there's a difference between vacations and, you know, visiting foreign countries and tourism. This is t- – tourism is – you build things for the tourists, right? Like Las Vegas exists as a tourist destination, right? And in a sense, you know, Paris needs the Eiffel Tower because if somebody removed it, that would hurt business, right? So there's like the idea of inventing tourism. And this book says, um, when you get to live forever, then everything becomes, uh, subs, insubstantial right so you don't have to you you need to see the centaur grazing but you don't need to uh you know go up and and live the centaur life right so tourism is like a a negative we think of it as you know just something people do but it's a kind of a negative because it's not the same experience as going and living somewhere and learning something it's uh taking the tour so I just want to go back to that point. You think yeah. that like 
2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, there wasn't some ad man who said, <laughs> how am I going to get people? Oh, the seven wonders of the world. You've got to see them. You, you got to <laughs> There was a guy. <laughs> you can't not see the seven wonders of the world. Uh, although you he was writing, he was gardens. He, of yeah. One? Yeah. Um, so I think the way it would have been done is it's sex tourism, right? It's like, it, which is different. Like, let's go get some slaves. Let's go uh, to, uh, you know, people go to uh, the vacation spot. People like it's it, and really tourism is about the middle class, not about the upper class. Right. It's about getting lots of bums in seats and getting them on the tour and doing the thing. So that mo- that uh, movie, that book, uh, Innocence Abroad is about, you know, this is where it comes from. So they go all these places and there's no tourist facility set up for them. But go back because you read this book and the tourist facilities, you know, there are people starting, you know, at the airport waiting with uh, taxis for you and take you to a hotel because they're not staying in hotels because the hotels haven't been invented yet. Right. Not not the way we think of them. It's it, it's a really strange thing. So, like right now, Evan is in Thailand, and uh, he named the city, and I never heard of it. I looked it up. It's a vacation destination, right? So, vacationing is not the same thing as tourism. But this book is not about vacationing. It, the, their whole lives are vacations, right? They're always being vacated, right? The city. Uh, the only thing that dies there, there, in, there, a in this of- world is yeah, the I'm- cities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their their lives are permanent, but everything else, you know, the, the cities, the places they live in, are continually destroyed and new ones remade. And and that's uh, an in, interesting inversion of what we we normally think of as the there isn't there a city called the Eternal City? Well, maybe that's Rome. That's Rome. <laughs> Rome is go. the Eternal City, baby. Right. right. So, uh, but you know, people think of Paris as you know it's unchanging because of Eiffel Tower. Look, you can go uh, see the thing that Hitler looked at and uh, Ernest Hemingway, right? (laughs) Everybody can go look at it and just climb up the top of it and, I don't know, do eat in the restaurant, what have you. It's, it becomes a, uh, a touch, touch point on uh, a checklist of places to go. And so I felt that, like, that was sort of the, uh, particular theme. of this book the the actual plot was not uh, it's just as standard you know i had a relationship with a woman <laughs> we we broke up a little bit now we're back together <laughs> or like well so a, a couple of things uh-huh. one um the um uh i like the uh, this is sort of this book is sort of like uh like a very cynical take on like what immortal people are like, right? Like, they're like very shallow. <laughs> they're, like, I, I think that that's, uh, it's hard to defend the, that idea. I think that's probably true, but how could we prove it, right? There are no yeah. immortals. Well, you can juxtapose it to like what immortal people are like in like Ian Banks's like culture novels, right? Like, they're like yeah. very self involved, like they're very like self actualized and they're yeah. like, you know, they're like living they, their best These are much more like Eloy, right? Yeah, These people. Yeah, they're just running around, and then I there's a scene here that bothers me, and I um I uh that I, I just want to like 
I just want to like play out this scene is okay. So we're in China, um, or whatever the city in China is, and um, you know, um, the emperor sitting on his throne, fanning himself. The emperor sitting on his throne, fanning himself. I'm getting. Oh, he's being fanned. He's a fan. So. Whatever. He's falling. Yeah, asleep. Yeah. Oh no! So he's waving his hand back and forth to the music. Yeah. So we're in China and. Like, uh, Charles is getting impossibly drunk, and then Charles wakes up, and he's having sex with Belly Lala. Okay. And it's like, Joya has conspired with Belly Lala to put him into bed with Belly Lala. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the rape scene. She gave him to her. Yep, he's being raped by her. It's yeah, true. There's, there's a lack of consent, and and that's another clue that they don't consider him uh, really a person. He's a he's he's a simulacra. So, yeah. and I, I'm not, I don't want to be like, oh, gotcha, that's a rape scene. Here's my problem with the scene: mm-hmm. um, is like I don't feel like there's like emotional consequences to this. You're right. There are none. It's, he's just like, oh well, that like I mean, he's like upset that he's not with Joya, but he's like, oh well, that happened to me. What, 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 right, because because he because he, he's because they haven't yeah they haven't programmed him to really have that human sense of violation and lack of. Uh, I'm not so worried about this. Think about uh, yeah pre Neanderthals, sexy uh, cave woman saddles up to uh, sexy caveman. Oh, oh, oh. There's no. Is that, is that what there's it's no, like? I don't know. <laughs> they have to be pre-verbal, right? They have to be uh, unable to consent uh, verbally. I'm not worried about this at all. People are people. Nobody was sad about it. They're they're not even people. What are we worried about? I, they're I, not I, even people. They're not even people. He's a robot, right? No, he's a but construct. He, but he's a robot that with, you know, he's, he's like a he's like a robot with personhood. Eh. Nonetheless, he, he he makes a big fuss about how when he thinks he's um, um, been time transported, how he has glands and hormones and emotional um, reactions that are physiological mm. as well as um, mental, and that it's um, he, he's he's a primitive, and at the same time, it's true he just sort of coasts along. Either it's acculturation he becomes. Uh, like an Eloy by frequent uh, hanging out with them all the time, mm-hmm. or it's um, um, as uh, Will says, uh, uh, a strange um, lack in uh, the program. They didn't program that in, cause it would cause too much trouble. You never tries to hit anyone or or, or be violent in any way either. Um, he's um, he just sort of goes with the flow, except. Um, uh, his uh, love is uh, real. Uh, yeah. He's a robot who can be programmed to be drunk. Come what, on. What he's trying <laughs> to do at that moment is figure out what he's supposed to do, like culturally, like what the cultural expectations around coupling and relationships are. That's how I took it. He's just a very 20th century man. That's why he's there, right? So the hidden robots who create their world. We never get to see, right? Uh, the closest we get is, you know, him going to the city and they said, this place is closed. It's not a place anymore. He, he does that a couple of times. That's the closest we get to seeing the Morlocks. 
and, and you know his creator and and uh, we've got those two other uh tour not tourists uh attraction tourist attractions right uh, mobile tourist attractions the guy from uh, victoria's no elizabeth the first time right. and then the guy from new chicago era right and, from his from his future and they have two sort of uh positions that he is not in one is uh don't you know you're a robot dude and then the other guy is like I'm I'm been bewitched. Let's sail to it's England. A, it's all magic. Like, let's just right. steal a ship and sail so back he's, home. So he's in between these two guys, right? One of them is like, nothing matters because I'm a robot. And the other guy is like, what you're saying is witchcraft. <laughs> like, there's no... Uh, and I think that that's fun. Like, he, he could have had like 70. Like, if imagine, Will, if Philip Jose Farmer wrote this book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can. I know what Philip Jose Farmer's immortals are like. It's like would be more sex. Go- <laughs> well, well, Tarzan goes back in time and like lives all of history from like ten thousand years ago to the present, so that he can just experience it all. And there is lots of sex. Yeah, and 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 there there would be a lot more historical characters that we get to spend some time with. Here we've got no historical characters, right? Every everybody mentioned is you know, uh, not in the book, Elizabeth and Drake and them. And then we've got this guy whose decision is like, what am I going to do with my life? I, I, at no point in the first half of the book, did I know what the plot was? (laughs) And I was fine with it because it was just a guy living in a world. Right. And then he gets this problem. Oh, his girlfriends run away from him. Um, he's with this other girl and that seems okay. But they're indistinguishable. Like the the one one is worried about getting old, and the other one isn't. That's the that's their major personality. I don't I don't think that's quite the plot. Um, I think we start out. He has a problem, and the problem is that he doesn't know why he's in the future world, or what his purpose is, or what his nature is, or anything like that. Yep. And, then and he's just writing the, that. The call to action that kind of makes him need to find that out is the girl leaving him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the girl leaving him is, is the catalyst that, that makes him need to solve his problem. But the problem isn't the girl leaving him. It's that he doesn't know who he is. Uh, well, he thought he knew he, who he was. No, right? no. At the beginning of the book, he's like, I don't have any remember recollection of the 20th century. But, that, just, but that's know. just, you know. He he doesn't know he has a problem, he or, or uh, that he problem. Does have a problem. That's... He does have a problem. It turns out, or the plot requires him to have a problem. But like, what is his solution? Let's just grow old together, right? Let's sail off to Byzantium. It's no solution. It's just a. It's a. It's a coming back together. It, 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 so, it, 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 no, the solution it's, it's, is you become like me. You you become immortal like me and become r- a robot. Right. But that's no solution, right? That's just it, it's just a way of ending the book. Yeah, I, and I I'm fine with that. I think that was satisfying because it's uh, not no, it, because the plot's <laughs> not important to this story, right? It's really interesting that uh, if if we think about the previous book, and Will, you weren't on for that, the um, uh, downward, downward to the earth, right? It, it's a guy returns to uh, the Congo planet um, to say sorry to the elephants, maybe. Um, he spends some time with the elephants, find out the elephants uh, sometimes get violent, 
and then uh, goes through a rebirth ceremony, says hello to an old girlfriend, right? It's it's uh, it's like reminiscing on past relationships and uh, checking in on people you used to know. That's not much of a plot, but I'm fine with it because he's presenting a interesting world and he's meditating on uh, a, a good book, right? He's meditating on another good book. And I think, like, um, if you don't mind, I know I was thinking, it's three minutes. Can you handle me reading Sailing to Byzantium, the, the poem? Yes. Go for it. Yes, right. I can handle it. All right. <laughs> it's, um, it's three minutes. It's four stanzas. It's not super hard. Uh, sailing, I think it's from 1928 collection. I'm not sure if that yes. was the original publication. Um, sailing to Byzantium by William Butler Yeats. That is no country for old men. The young in one another's arms, birds in the trees, those dying generations at their song, the salmon falls, the mackerel crowded seas, fish, flesh, or fowl commend all summer long, whatever is begotten, born and dies. Caught in the sensual music, all neglect, monuments of unaging intellect. An aged man, this is stanza two, an aged man is but a paltry thing, a tattered coat upon a stick, unless soul clap its hands and sing, and louder sing, for every tatter in its mortal dress. Nor is there singing school, but studying, monuments of its own magnificence, and therefore I have sailed the seas and come to the holy city of Byzantium. Stanza three. O sages, standing in gold... <laughs> O sages standing in God's holy fire, as in the gold mosaic of a wall, come from the holy fire, pern in a gyre, and pern is P-E-R-N-E, and be the singing masters of my soul. Consume my heart away, sick with desire, and fastened to a dying animal. It knows not what it is, and gather me into the artifice of eternity. Stanza 4. Once out of nature I shall never take my bodily form from any natural thing, but such a form as Grecian goldsmiths make of hammered gold and gold enameling, to keep a drowsy emperor awake or set upon a golden bough to sing to lords and ladies of Byzantium of what is past or passing or to come. One of the cool things about this is... Um, had I not read the the book we just did, Sailing to Byzantium, I wouldn't really know what to make of this poem on first pass. But on on <laughs> on reading Silverberg's uh, novella length uh, discussion of this poem, I'm like, ah, I see why he <laughs> he wrote it the way he did. Right? He's taking this uh, Eloy Morlock's idea. He's taking the uh, idea he has in Passengers and um, Alfred Bester's The Roller Coaster. And he's making it the setting for this poem, uh, which is about, uh, immortality. And, um, it, it's not, it's sort of a secular heaven, I would say. And of course, we've got that first line there. This is no country for old men. I didn't know that that was where the movie and the book got it from. I didn't realize that either. I just found out that the fact. Thank you, Jesse. You're welcome. I think that basing it on this poem and then looking at the poem, it shows that uh, the ending 
of the um, novella, Silverberg's novella, doesn't go far enough. If you uh, base yourself on the poem, uh, they should have um, gone to Byzantium to find um, the the planners. And, because that would be the longer now, version of this and, book, and, right? And, and become um, planners themselves. Because mm. now they can um, uh, sing to lords and ladies uh, of Byzantium and everywhere else. The Absolutely. Of what uh, is past or, or passing or to come. Because you need imagination uh, and curiosity to be able to recreate all these um, uh, ancient cities. Yeah. So You're right. I think he stopped... Uh, too short. I I, I disagree. <laughs> I, I I that is what would absolutely happen if he was going to expand this. He would just say, you know, we go to, but then it becomes a different thing, right? This is a very um, sort of modest, um, sort of like tired <laughs> um, science fiction story, and I really like well, that. Um, but there's a book called Mockingbird. Paul, were you on that show? Mockingbird. Um, this, uh, I believe it's like, uh, from the early, same period, maybe 1985. Um, there it is. Who's the author? So this is, uh, Tavis, Walter, Walter Tevis. Exactly. Yes. So, yes. I was on that book. So th- that I all was also thinking about, uh, in comparison to this book. And it, it's also sort of sad and meditative, uh, world where robots run things. And most people, uh, there's like a lot of illiteracy, uh, is sort of the, the center of the book. Um, and so you've got like, uh, it should be a satire. Uh, you would probably like this book. Um, Jonathan, uh, it, it should be a satire because it's got like, um, university, uh, professorships and everybody's illiterate. (laughs) 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 Um, but it's not a satire. It's more like if this goes on sort of thing. And, and it isn't to, to the sadness, but rather everybody's, uh, doing drugs all the time and, and experiencing a, a new media that we, you know, we could see as like TikTok videos or something. Um, and so they're lost in, in that world. And then there's a, a couple of people who don't fit, uh, a lady and a guy and they sort of live near the zoo, uh, where the robot, maybe it's robot animals. Um, so the, in that book, there is this journey to find, um, you know, the truth of their world. We're never going to get the truth of the world in this story. You have to, you know, yeah. not go, it's, it, you need to, you know, go into the tunnels where the Morlocks or these robots are coming out of and find the planners. And then you find it's a big, uh, computer program that's, you know, dumb, not, yeah, like not intelligent explanation of who they are is going to be a letdown. That's why, that's why I'm like, this is better. Because I, I've I've read that book before, where you do go and you find out, and and um, so the way Silverberg, not Silverberg, Arthur C. Clarke gets out of it with the City and the Stars, um, he has the guy born in the city, lives his life. Everybody's an artist. Everybody's an art critic. Um, they just wander around in their robes all day, right? No, there's no uh, very chaste, no sexual relationships at all, right? Very. How do these people predict the future so accurately? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then the way he gets out of it, as in, how does he finish the book? He says, "Well, there's space, and we can go to other planets, get off the Earth, where there's only one city now, right? 
Uh, they're down to five. So, like, th- these could be set in the same universe in the same way that um, this could be also set in um, in uh, Joe Haldeman's The Forever War, right? This is could be a, a period of Earth that he skipped that by. That is a good book. Have you done The Forever War yet? Uh, uh, we did Forever Peace, but I don't think we did Forever War. I feel like I need to put more years behind me since I uh, read... Uh, huh? Since you since since you last read it, you need more years. Yeah, back. I just know it too well. I think, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it is an excellent book. There's Forever Peace, and then there was another one, Forever Free, which I think is a sequel um, to Forever Peace. Yes, I've and only I was, read Forever I, War. I was not impressed with Forever. Uh, I like Forever Forever, forever Peace, but yeah, no, I, I I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. You didn't like Forever Peace? No. Oh, it struck no, too no, close no. to home. No, it's just just the, just the whole idea. Of like, oh yes, if you're connected with people long enough, then suddenly your brain changes and you can't hurt people. It's it's it. it, it I didn't buy the premise. <laughs> the premise, the premise did not work for me. It's like wow, it seems it's unrealistic. Like, I, I, people I, empathizing I, I, with other humans, very you know, unrealistic. It's just, just just the fact that like oh yeah oh oh yes ex yeah a, a priori if you connect with people long enough they uh, then you can't hurt anybody. It, it's it did it, that. It, it, yeah, I mean the whole idea of connecting to and using, uh, basically using drones in other countries. I mean, yeah, that, the drones that, thing that, is, that, that, is that, that was rather very solid. But the, but his, his 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 solution for peace, yeah, I just didn't buy. Yeah, yeah, it's unrealistic. I agree, but um, it, it's the tech that's. Uh, what were you going to say, Jonathan? Oh well, just about about the peace thing. Like any any plan to achieve world peace is going to be a nightmare um <laughs> you know, it's going so to involve a lot of deaths is what i'm hearing it, a lot of death a lot of mind control um a lot of coercion and manipulation um people are naturally warlike but the other haldeman book i read is mind bridge and mm. i barely understood what was happening in that book was, I, I i read it when i was just getting back into reading mm. so maybe that's why but uh, he's a good I, writer I, I like everything i've read by him there are things i've mind, avoided no i haven't read that bridge? one i read um uh accidental time machine that was really good uh, i've read a few others of his but there's he, he didn't write as much as Silverberg. Um, I think he's still alive too, right? Yeah, Joel Haldeman? But he, he not didn't active. write as much as Silverberg. What a. Uh, was, uh, I mean, Silverberg wrote a ton, right? But mostly yeah, it's short stories. Just, um, you could uh, say that of all of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like Silverberg's, I'm thinking novels, right? So Joe Haldeman probably has like five short stories maximum. Whereas he's he's got a lot of novels, and most of them are forgotten or you know never audiobooked or whatever. But Silverberg uh, was active for a longer period of time. They're both still alive, but both I think inactive in terms of fiction writing. When was the last time Joe Haldeman had a book come out? There, I, I don't remember. In like the SFW in, in Sifwa. I know. Yeah, but I don't I don't see a publication anywhere, right? Let but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'll find out. Because his uh, wife and him are very active in like the whole didn't, social scene there. Didn't she die and... recently? I thought she died. No, he didn't die. Married Dave 65. Oldman. Maybe, maybe, maybe I I'm confusing. Uh, I yeah. 
I think you, I think you're confusing somebody. Um, I know. Oh. Um, uh, the the hmm, <laughs> looks like the looks like the last camouflage Alderman book was 2017. Buying time. Oh, buying time. That's right. I remember that. That seems to be the last one. I think. Yeah. No, that's 89. No, no, that's wrong. No, it's just no, okay. he's okay. no, no. That's um, just looking at uh, ISFDB would be the place to look. He's got uh, he's got a book called Work Done for Hire 2014. <laughs> he, 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 are we talking about him or Greg Bear? <laughs> yeah, Work Done for Hire is the last one. He had Excellent Time Machine was 2007. That was good. Old 20th I haven't read. Camouflage haven't read. Guardian. His uh, most recent publication looks like a poem that appeared in Analog in 2015 called yeah. Echopoiesis. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's got a lot of poems. Oh, he has a lot of short fiction, too. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, Hemingway Hoax. I've read, I've read quite a few. I, I like his writing. I think he's he had... Uh, a lot of good ideas, good story this ideas. Book Mind Bridge. It was just I just remember it being really weird. Like they, they land on this planet and there's this thing, and when they touch it, it like makes them horny for each other. Or like <laughs> it turns into like really hot like women and men, and the women and men that are. He was doing his Philip Jose Farmer book. Yeah, this sounds <laughs> like yeah, this sounds good. Um, I don't know. They, uh, maybe, maybe I should give it because I read it like right when I was getting back into reading many years ago. Oh, when the Nebula. So, that's yeah, that's its claim to fame. Damn it! What do you mean, damn it? Well, the the problem with nebulas is they like the fancy writing, and they're that's mostly what they like. They like to reward each other for fancy writing. Hugo's used to be like, uh, "We love this." <laughs> A whole lot of people say it, right? Nebulas were always like, um, <laughs> "We like the fancy writing." Well, didn't uh, the Forever War win a Hugo and a Nebula? Uh, yeah, I believe it did. It did. It, did, it, it didn't. And it has it. a little bit of fancy writing, right? Um, they, you, you'd never get away with that today. Like, like making the Nebulas like, or no, the Hugo I mean, and a Nebula I mean Forever War. Like, like you're a guy and you wake up in the future and like everybody's gay and you're like. I'm open-minded, and the guy's <laughs> like, yes, your psych report says that you consider yourself to be open-minded. And he's like, wait, you mean everybody on my ship is going to be gay? And he's like, no, everybody on Earth is gay. And he's like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> it's the 70s, you know? And he's the pervert. Yeah. I think that goes well with today's... Um... And, the, and then she's yeah. like... Oh, I have this horrible, shameful desire to be with a man of the opposite sex. And he's yeah. like, wow, I'm the only heterosexual man in the universe. And she's like, <laughs> oh, oh, it's so shameful. So, oh, take me, take me. And he's like, okay. No, you, you can't. Oh, God. <laughs> yep, it's all good. Uh, that's, why, that's why it's a good book. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, it's a great one. And it's different from Heinlein. It's not the same. It's not a clone. It has something else to say. It's an answer to yeah. Starship Troopers. Uh, or a riposte. Uh, a comeback, right? Yeah. 
and an echo and, and with a different, you know, brain doing the work. So I, I'm totally up for more Silverberg because I'm really enjoying it. But we are doing, this is also part of, um, what's, uh, I was telling Will, this is, uh, we're, we seem to have started on a, uh, reading half of Tor Doubles thing. Um, and this is a half of a Tor Double. What's the other half? Uh, you are asking a hard question because I don't have my Tor Double handy, but, um, I think it, uh, it's on the tip of my brain. I, I, I it's a multiple word title. <laughs> that does, that's not helpful, Jesse. It's not by a famous writer. So, uh, sailing to Byzantium. Uh, TM Tor Double. Let's see what comes up. Seven American um, Knights. That's the one. Yeah, and the author for that is Gene Wolfe, I'll guess. You said it wasn't a famous author. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I I haven't read a lot of Gene Wolfe, so. That's a problem. Is it? That is definitely. Yes. 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 Everybody everybody has to hit Jesse with the, it's a problem stick. (laughs) (laughs) Just once. Ouch! It hurts! Seven American Knights is in... um, is in Gene Wolfe's Best of Gene Wolfe, so it must be... I have not read this one, but it must be a major Gene Wolfe, actually. It's not available as an audiobook, I think, is the problem. But that, that, that is a problem for this podcast. Yes. If it's a short, uh, what's... You know, I can read a short. Here's the, pro- here's the problem. Um, there are too many books to do, right? So the way I've limited it, one of the best ways of best decisions I made in my life, if I'm going to do a podcast on it, either we get somebody to narrate it, we get an audiobook that we, and we put it in the podcast, or we just get an audiobook and listen to it. Um, that's, it, it, it works as a great formula. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to read, I'm going to read this short review. Uh, this Amazon bit about it. Mm-hmm. Turn this book upside down. They're talking about the tour double. And Gene Wolfe celebrated seven American nights is on the other side. The story unfolds with a diary of an Iranian visitor to the ruins of a future United States. The diary tells the story of an oh. adventure in a land of mutants and ruined treasure for the taking. But is the writer reliable in what he tells us? Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. It's there great. is um, there's yeah, a 19th century book that has the same premise is uh, the and did, 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 a new did, did, Arabian did. Empire, uh, you know, in the year 3000, there's, comes there's back to a, the United States and sees the Statue of Liberty, uh, you know, all covered in vines um, and stuff. There's also a, whatchamacallit, um, brain freeze. Um, um, there's a Norman Spinrad story about a future, about future United States and visitors from Africa who visit the ruins of New York. And well, that's quite the ruins of the fall in New York because the, because this, this tour guide in New York is uh, showing them around, and they have to wear masks because the air is bad all the time, and and yeah, it, it, it basically shows. And then there's a different Silverberg, there's a different Spinrad story. I think it's Spinrad story where someone buys the Brooklyn Bridge <laughs> and, sends, and brings it to Japan. So, I mean, it, it's a theme. I'm really curious as to how. Wolf tackles it because you know Gene Wolf. So there's not a lot of Gene Wolf books that aren't series. Is the is the issue in the chat? I've just put the uh, a big stack of tour doubles as a photo, and I've read a a number of beautiful Jesse. It is beautiful. Uh, So meeting with Medusa, we did. uh, Was it last week? Really good book. Um, Yeah, very Uh, mature Arthur C. Clarke and uh, solid, solid read. 
Um, so I was like looking through this and I've read maybe a third of half of these books, you know, um, and night wings by Silverberg is on this list. That's available as an audiobook. So, so, this, so, so is the book that has a, a sequel years later count as a series. If the first book is standalone, uh, I, 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 well, actually, 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 what are you looking at? I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I'm digging Gene Wolf again. Um, okay. Well, Gene Wolf, uh, not Gene Wolf, Greg Bear, Hard Fought. That's a really good book. That's a good book. Um, Greg Bear sort of went off the rails with writing, but he started off really off, good. Went off the rails. Halo novels, man. Fuck well, that well, shit. I, I mean, sometimes you got to pay the bills. I, no, I, I, no, starve. <laughs> You've got to pay the bills sometimes, no, Jeffy. No, be like H.P. Lovecraft, die of cancer from eating beans. Oh, dear God. Help me, um, help, help me Lord. Help universe me. by Heinlein, that's, we already did, right? Yeah, um, we did. Eye for Eye by Orson Scott Card, that's good. Um, Orson Hawks, Scott Card, no. <laughs> Hawksbill Station by Robert Silverberg. I, I should be yeah. available as an audiobook. Another Gene Wolfe there, the island of oh, not the island of Doctor. No, I'm the Doctor Death. Another the story. death of Doctor Island. Yeah, it's it's similar title. Um, so if you're seeing that list, like some of these are like Ugly Little Boy. That's that's available as an audiobook. Houston, Houston, do you read? Uh, we are going to do. I believe it's scheduled, isn't it? It is. It is scheduled. Is that James Tiptree? Yes. Uh, I think Terrence and I were talking, and he suggested that one. Fascinating. Um, there's also Color of Neanderthal Eyes by her, but I, I don't... Oh, yeah, that I, isn't everything available of hers in a collection or something? I think it is, maybe. So some of these, like Ilmet and Lankmar, um, it's public domain, I believe. It's on the list of things that are. Conjure Wife, right? That's, like a uh, lot of these Buffold are... Old and Grey Mouse, Ilmet Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Ilmet, yeah. So most of their most of the Fafford stories are public domain. So I would prefer to get like a narrator to do it. So we have it, um, because that's uh, the ideal podcast has the audiobook up front and the uh, the um, discussion Discussive. afterwards, kind of yeah. like you. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> and um, so in some cases, like Orson Scott Card's stuff is not public domain. He's not likely to give me permission to get an audiobook and put it up there, right? So we could do that one if there's an audiobook. But no, I wouldn't, not uh, me. Um, I, 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 I know you I, don't. I, I, ref, I, I, I refuse to do a book by someone who's so anti-queer and gives money it's, to it's uh, organizations. It's his tithing. His religion is bullshit. He, 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 he is a <laughs> Period. End of story. Okay. Well, it is his religion, but um, whatever. I, I don't care. Good. He can have it. I don't want any of it. Alright. People um, like, they're leaving the supermarket, they drop some change in the Salvation Army bucket, boom. Are you going to tell all of those people that you're not going to read their books? <laughs> but Salvation Army is a pretty pretty interesting case. I, I actually I believe I researched them a long time ago, and they started like as a 19th century sort of spinoff of um, of uh, the Temperance Movement, I think. And and so they really are an army. Like they have like generals and stuff. It's weird. <laughs> Right? Like, you know, I'm a colonel in the <laughs> Salvation Army. Um, and so, well, and sort of become a charity 
thing only now is what we think of it. Well, they rope people in with their homeless shelters. Yes. Because uh, you go and you stay at their homeless shelter and you got to go to their service. That's a yes. requirement. Yes. To go to if you're going to get service. food, you've so got to have That's where they the indoctrinate you. That's yeah. where they get you, um, yeah. is, is with the uh, service. Um, when, uh, here's yeah, a question. Will, when Orson Scott Card dies, would it be okay? Are you um, asking me or Paul? You said Will. Uh, uh, oh, uh, either one. Terrence. Uh, Paul, you take it. You're the, um, I'm not like thrilled about Orson Scott Card either, but I've never read any. Like, I feel like Paul has probably read Orson Scott Card in the past. Yeah, and he's, so, he's I read Ender's Game and other things. Yeah, I've, and I've, I've I never read Ender's have. Game and a, and a few other novels, and I'm not. He's a good writer. He's not. He's um, not my favorite, but I, I think good. it's okay. Uh, it's like um, a cigarette. Uh, a pack where you have cancer kills. You can say some bad things about <laughs> while you're smoking it. and, and <laughs> at the end, and he's part of the um uh, the canon. There are some pretty uh uh weird and distorted people who are, um who are science fiction authors, but um uh I think um Nancy Kress. complete there's complete one no platforming is probably um too too drastic it might be good to to find traces of um uh whatever one reproaches him within uh, the notion of um uh his stories the way heidegger was a nazi and people said oh yeah but his philosophy is different and of course there's a lot of resistance by the Heidegger scholars um, who had invested their life in it. It took a long time, but people have managed to show um, that all through his concepts, um, there are um, Nazi um, uh, connotations and affiliations, but disguised. So uh, I think um, uh, complete no platforming is uh, not the most efficient way to go about things. Yeah, some of yeah. the most uh, famous conductors of Wagner have been Jewish. How um, dare they? I, I, I have I have a limited amount of time in this universe to read books. That's true. And and, and finding finding ways to prune that list is actually you're, important. You're and absolutely so, right. That's so I, I, really I, I, important. I, I, I pruned personally pruned card from my reading. I don't need to read him. Whether he's I wasn't I wasn't even not. actually suggesting I was just like that's one on the list like uh, I there's some of these that I know are audiobooks and there's like other ones like I don't think that's ever coming off right like um Pugnacious Peacemaker by Harry Turtledove I don't think that's available I could no. be wrong things change every day but you know The Toonsmith by Lloyd Biggle Jr unless that's public domain it's not you know Lloyd Biggle Jr he's not like Pugnacious Peacemaker is the sequel to um, it's a sequel to um, what's it called um, the, an earlier novella by somebody else. Um, the Saliva Tree by uh, Brian Aldiss. I'm not a huge Brian Aldiss fan, but I like that title. All right, so there's there's a a, a split oh, oh, yeah. we can so, do. So, so, have, so have we done the Wheels of F by uh, the Camp? Is no. it, the question is, is an audio by him? I, I don't know. I don't. I, I I doubt it. There's not a lot of Elspreg to camp. You know, good, Saddam Hussein was a prolific writer of fantasy novels. <laughs> I know he had great taste in paintings. I, I do. I do. I do know he did that. I do yeah. know he did that. In, in fact, his his fantasy novels were required reading in Iraqi schools, and when the well, US they're just and, that good. 
When do we have an audiobook of him? Is my question. Invaded Iraq. Please no. He was rushing to finish his latest book before the invasion happened because he knew he wouldn't be able to finish it afterwards. Very, very passionate author. Um, and just because you're talking about problematic authors. So uh, well, George W. Bush has written stuff too, but I'm not reading that. <laughs> so is, I'd rather uh, read the fantasies of uh, of uh, Saddam Hussein. That'd be more Bill interesting. Bill Clinton has published uh, espionage thrillers too. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No thanks. <laughs> Pr- let's prune that list a little more. Um, so <laughs> here's what I'm saying: is we have a we have two branches that we can go down one is we can do more tour doubles which we already have scheduled the other is we can go down a robert silverberg uh thing because there are quite a few audiobooks uh, of his well, novels available we'll, we'll put encyclopedia britannica on the on the reading list so we'll just type that i i i, I see that on the schedule somebody just scheduled encyclopedia britannica somebody i don't know not me somebody did that Somebody's taking the pen. <laughs> this okay. one will be a little long. long. Yes, it would be. Um, let's no. um, let's uh, get back to Silverberg and Tor. So uh, we are scheduling uh, another uh, Tor double. That is uh, the James Triptree. I, I don't know what the date is on that. Um, but there are other things that are probably on there. So if you see something and you want to suggest see it in the future. Say something? Yeah, tw- tweet it at me or whatever. And then... Um, uh, on the list of, because uh, I, I, I think we're pretty much done with it's very good, but not super um, controversial book. <laughs> it's just very, no, it's quite very, good. very, very well done. I, I, I really enjoyed visiting uh, over the shoulder of a visitor to uh, the, you know, the cities that he goes to. I mean, uh, I mean but I, I didn't, I really it like didn't overstay my welcome. Yeah. I'd like to see NASCAR. Uh, Mohen Odaro was oppressive, and I think that was never even point. heard I of it. Said, I'm so impressed with Silverberg. It, it, it like he mentioned a, a city I'd never heard of. It, 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 you've never heard of Mohen Odaro? It's one of the I earliest cities. Oh, it's one of the earliest. You're, you're clearly not an ancient astronaut guy, Jesse. It's was destroyed by a nuclear weapon. Oh, Whoa. yeah. No well, wonder uh, that, that, that there's some there's some very weird Hindu nationalists who believe that. The ancient Hindus had nuclear weapons that explains the gods, yes. It's a very, very strange rabbit hole. I mean, it's also like there's some very weird, like, like Western dudes that believe that, too. (laughs) Yeah, but... but, but, Uh, Named Will. (laughs) No, I don't believe that. But, um... Yeah, but... So let me go through the list here, and if you see one that strikes you as we we got to do that one, because I read that Silverberg, and it's so good. Um, Uh, Born with the Dead is... Is is that on the list? Um, yes, yeah, the, the I'm, second I'm looking. bottom on the left. Uh, okay, so, oh, is that on the? With uh, I'm looking at the um, Audible. Uh, oh, he's looking at listings. Audible now. I'm sure it exists in audio. Okay, well, let me go through the list here as I've got okay. it in order. It's in release order. Newest arrivals first. Robots through the ages is an anthology uh, with silver one Silverberg in it, presumably. Um, next, oh, that's in French. Okay. Across a billion years. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> you can do the French one, yeah. Um, I will officially license all SFF audio uh, to foreign languages. We already have a German one, so French one's good. I'll go for it. And uh, 
Uh, we can get an Australian one going to you. <laughs> Uh, across a billion years, I've never heard of that Silverberg novel. One called uh, "Needle in a Time Stack" and other stories. So that's a collection. Okay. Um, it says soon to be a motion picture. We'll see. Um, the Silent Invaders. Now, I would presume this is a four-hour one. I would presume that this is a public domain novel by Silverberg. Um, it says District of Wonders Network recorded it. So that's the podcast, right? Yeah. Um, then uh, a time of changes, and I think I may have read that one a long time ago. I'm pretty sure I did. I've got Ra- that. I've never read it. It's eight I've hours. I've always wanted to read it because that's oh, the thing okay. with the pronouns. A time of I don't changes. have the. It's, the it's obscene the... to to say the word I in mm. one culture and he goes to another uh, culture. Oh, that yes, good. that's right. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think that might be an interesting one. All right, we're coming to a consensus. There's one called The Man in the Maze. Again, never heard of it. That's a brilliant one. one. Is it? Yes. That's a famous one. All right. Isn't that a first contact one? It's it's supposed to be really similar to Thorns, which I've mentioned too. Which is also on the list here. Um, Thorns is one you should do. It's six hours. Um, uh, The the interesting thing about Thorns is Mm. that it's tourism, but it's not ancient. It's future. So they're going all around uh, like the, the universe. So so it's a it's a very different kind of Silverberg. It's also mm. super depressing. Like cool. oh my god! Like if like you read like Vonnegut and you're like oh life is meaningless. I'm so like I'm so torn. I'm so destroyed. Like that, it's that kind of book. Like, cool. It's like, but Vonnegut is funny. What's up? It's from '67. Uh, Thorns. He's, 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 even when he's torn, he's even when he's tragic, he's funny at the same time. Have you read Thorns? No, I thought you said it was like Vonnegut. I'm sorry. If I oh, oh, yeah, 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 kind of. But it's not funny. Vonnegut's funny. It's, it's just yeah, like, it's a, a depressed version of Vonnegut. Mm. It, I, I mean, I guess Vonnegut was the wrong idea. It's just really, just like, like it makes you like, oh, it's what's Ligotti. the purpose of life? <laughs> Why am I here? Oh, God. Well, I, I I cried with the Born with the Dead um, at the end. Uh, it's really emotional, um, and uh, is it depressing or saddening? Okay, so it's mm. basically about, like, two completely, like, destroyed people. Um, There's a man who, he was an astronaut, some aliens disfigured him by grafting alien body parts. Yeah, I think you did tell me about this. Yeah, so he's like, he's like a recluse, and he doesn't want to go out because uh, people see him and look at him weird. And there's a woman... And she was tricked by scientists into donating a hundred of her eggs to be turned into a hundred babies, but she never gets to see them. So she's really <laughs> sad because she's got like a hundred babies that she can never ever see. So there's this one guy who's kind of like a Mark Zuckerberg, who he's an emotional <laughs> vampire who gets off on putting people into awkward uh, social situations in order to feed off of their misery and discomfort. So he decides these two people who can never be with another person because they're so inwardly uh, wrecked, he decides to set them up on like a date, uh, like across the, the, the known space, uh, like, like like date night and he watches uh, from his little office and gets a lot of pleasure out of their inability to uh, form a real relationship. That sounds sounds good. good. Yeah. Yeah, Um, It's it's, uh, it's actually, it's really good. 
There's uh, letters from Atlantis as well, um, which is uh, about the same length as this, which I, I you know, I, I used to I, say I, I, novellas I are the best those, length. I, I, yeah, I think that's one of those, like, my mind and other people sort of thing, and he goes back in, so he's cast oh, back in time okay. to uh, to uh, ancient Atlantis. Cool. I, I recall reading it. Yeah, it, it's up. It, it it it's got it's got Silverberg's strength. I think you'd like it. It's yeah, a possibility. Yeah. Um. So I'm I, like I'm trying to avoid series. You know, there's a bunch. But so you're gonna avoid you're gonna avoid all the, the Magipor, yeah, the Magipor stuff. Yeah. Sure. Um. Uh, and then Gilgamesh the King we mentioned earlier. Uh, there's one called The Hero to the Empire, but I read that too recently. It's very, it's very much a Paul book, probably Paul's favorite. Hero, um, heroes of the Empire? Hero of the Empire. It's, um, I believe it's like a time travel. You go back in time and kill somebody and then the, the Roman Empire can go on forever. Oh, 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 right, right. That's right, no, that, part right, of a series of, of yeah, short stories. That's part of where you turn the story. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. It's a and short story. That is very much a Paul book because yes. I like it a lot. Yes. Yes. So it sounds like, to me, a consensus I'm hearing <laughs> is the silent invaders. <laughs> no, a time of changes or thorns. But it um, sounds like more people would be happy with a time of changes than some people worried about being depressed. Yeah, I think a time of changes. I, okay. That's my vote. I mean, I've read thorns. I've never read a time of changes. So okay. I'm, I'm down. Yes, right. time of changes. I may have read it before. Let me just read the description here. As Kinnell Dar- uh, Darval writes, I, in his journal, he knows that the, this pronoun is forbidden by his people, uh, the people of Meneran, because it's too personal. But through the use of a powerful mind-altering drug, oh yeah, he does that too, drugs, I forgot. A lot of drugs. Yeah, he does a lot of drugs. Not a lot of drugs in this book other than wine. But uh, he has learned to understand what people are really feeling and to speak for himself. Now he is compelled to share his message of liberation, regardless of the risk. The science, this science fiction classic is a cult favorite from a Hugo and Nebula award winning author. So not really that much info, but it's from 71. So I'm up for that. If, uh, yeah, this is the 22nd work for everybody. The 22nd of October. That is do it, put it in there. It works for me. Sure. I think yes, so. Me too. Sounds yeah, great. I don't know what I'm doing then, so uh could probably work. Could maybe. And I tentatively put Gilbert the King for November. Okay. Um you should uh yeah, thank you for t- removing Britannica. Some troll was in my schedule there. <laughs> was it uh was it Scott? No. Although I see Scott, podcast. you're right, Scott is listed there. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, I saw Scott. Maybe he was something in there. Maybe he was trolling. Maybe it's not like guy. him. It's not like him. He would he would have put Encyclopedia Galactica or something like that. Mm. Right, right now, uh, I'm reading uh, the Weirwoods by Thomas Burnett Swan. Uh, is that a fantasy book? Yes, he was. He wrote uh, in the '60s uh, these uh, kind of semi-erotic fantasy novels inspired by Greco-Roman mythology. Cool. Um, at the time, he was considered like up on the level of uh, Tolkien, but he's completely forgotten today. Yeah, I never. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's oh, that's really cool looking stuff. Ace cover. I love it. It's a bear with an eye patch. Uh, yes, and a girl a, who's like a sprite or something. What, what, what's yep, the author's name again? Thomas Burnett Swan. Uh, the book I'm reading is The Weirwoods. Oh, there. 
Yeah, it's an ace. And there's, has... there's, e- there's even an audio book. And Dude, time with the Etruscans. If the you want to take a break from like the hard sci-fi, like I'm reading this because I'm in the middle of writing my Cursova uh, submission that uh, you know submissions open in a few days, and uh, it's one of Cursova's uh, favorite authors. So whenever I'm writing my Cursova submission, I read something that he likes How to long kind is of uh, inspire me and get myself. About five movie. hours, Jesse. Dude, why are we not signing this up right away? I'm going. I'm going to put it on the schedule. Four hours, fifty nine minutes. Look at that. Now this is uh, this is uh, pretty sexually explicit. Like, come on, Jesse's put pornography on this podcast. Now, now imagine like if like Piers Anthony were a serious author. Imagine if like (laughs) a Stanford Millian were like a serious piece of fantasy literature, and you kind of get an idea of like. Where he goes with this? Hmm. It sounds good. The the there's only two reviews, and one one of them is you know just a star. The other one is it says you know two stars, but I, it doesn't mean two anything. stars it doesn't mean anything. Oh my goodness! When it's only it's one beautiful. one, it, you know you can't trust what, what, that. Are they just uh, just stars, or is there reviews of one? Prejudice and Friendship. Would you recommend this book to a friend? I like how these prompts work. Help people write their sentences. Uh, Why or why not? Yes. The message of the story about accepting our friends with the strengths and weaknesses is interesting. (laughs) What was the most interesting aspect of the story? The least interesting. The female characters show the most growth and were what kept... I'm falling asleep. It's uh, it's not worth reading the review there. Two-star review? Who knows? It says two ratings... Two stars on Audible, but that doesn't mean anything. I... Doesn't mean anything. So this book, it's about. Um, so there's this like uh, water, this male water spirit. I forget the the men are called, but he gets uh, ki- kidnapped and he's kept as a slave. But then there's an actor who's traveling through. Uh, the, 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 the town and he stays there and he's like, oh, I'll help save you. And he's like, oh, right, go to my girl and, uh, talk to my girl in the water world and, uh, she, she'll know how to save me. So he goes there and she's like, oh, oh, are you a virgin? And he's like, what? No, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you mean? What, 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 what uh, uh, have you been to an orgy? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> So I'll put it on the sketch and uh, we'll see if okay. uh, we'll I'll, I'll, make sure I'll make sure Will is available because uh I'll throw, I'll, he's gonna I'll, I'll wanna be on the, for that. I'll put it into December and then we can December. So yeah, far I, away. I, I know, but you know But uh, Jesse's sh- like, sh- I'm horny now. Well no, I was just thinking You'll be horny it, later, Jesse. Uh, well uh, for Jonathan, he's reading it now, wouldn't it make sense to put it more recently? I don't know, because he's well, gonna have no, to reread it again. I'll, I'll listen to the audiobook anyway. All right. All right. You know. Okay. It, it, well, then far away is fine. It's a really short book. Yeah, it's five hours. So, yeah. good. Yeah, put it in All December. Right. is fine. That's good. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jesse. Thank, Thank you. you. We had uh, some fun with this very enjoyable book. Yes. Um, I think I kind of prefer it because it just is a little bit shorter, and I like the short I yeah. think that what was the the downward to the earth was like it wasn't bad at all. 
It was just longer. <laughs> I liked it. I like Downward to the Earth better because it, it's it, there's more depth to it. Uh, there's more going on. Um, there's a lot of different ideas and characters and concepts and just weird stuff. Like when they're just in the pond and they catch those weird aquatic animals that are genetically changing all the time. Like you know, a longer book has more that was a safari, book. whereas this book was tourism, right? Yeah. I, yeah, that was the safari of Nellian Planet. Mm-hmm. Which and, uh, and some spent time with the natives, whereas this thorns, is like there's no natives. Thorns is like a space cruise. Like I'm down for it. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mentioned uh, thorns. I mentioned up the line too. Like up the line goes to that a lot should of be available. Cities. It's a lot of the same mm-hmm. cities that we saw in Byzantium, um, but instead of like recreations he's going back in time to the cities i'm presuming and, that the title up the line is from a poem as well is that correct no it's it's from the book um there's a there's a there's a kindle but there's no audiobook of up the line that's strange it's pretty obscure um i don't know um, i, mean, I, would, I uh, don't i don't know about that um i think I it would, probably was available as an audiobook at one point i'll i'll check a but it's not. But it's not. It's not on Audible now. Maybe yeah. it's up somewhere out. Yeah, you can find I'll a check. pirate or something. Yeah. But anyway, I've got to get going. All right, Paul. Thank you thank very you, much. Gentlemen. Bye, Paul. And take care. Did you schedule that last one? The weirwoods. Yes, I scheduled you, it tentatively for December tenth. Excellent. So oh, I'm going to type in "Up the down. Line" by Silverberg, and there is an audiobook of it. Yes, um, Paul oh. Bomer, narrator. Now, now you're going to read it, and you're going to be like, "Oh, I hate this book. Why did you recommend?" Being a time courier was one of the best jobs Judson Daniel Elliott III ever had. It was tricky, though, taking group after... It's fucking tourist book again. Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He met a lusty Greek in Byzantium who showed him how the rules were made to be broken. Hey, it's a sex book. Yes. Um, But this time we actually will actually get into Byzantium. Basically... Bye, Paul. in the book, like being a time courier is like a really bad job, and like they do not take it seriously. So it's an Uber driver or Uber yeah. Eats guy. Well, but they're like goofballs, like they're just like goofing off. But their superiors, like the the time patrol, they take these rules very seriously. You do not mess with the past. You know, well, it's uh, labor stuff. Sounds yeah. good. So, uh, so the, the, the couriers are like, oh yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to have sex with my ancestor. It's going to be great. I'm going to go make myself. (laughs) I'm going to become rich. I'm going to become rich in like Byzantium and I'll own the city. And the couriers are like, no, you cannot break the rules. But the, 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 the patrol also has like a weird attitude because they're like, they're not like you can't cause like um, paradoxes. They're like, you can't break the rules. Like that's what they care about. Not mm. the, so, so they're managers is what I'm. Yeah. Hearing. They're they're very by the books. Um, it was so, serialized and amazing, and uh, oh, wow. has good art. I like it. Yeah, it's it, but it's not like like Silverberg's other books that I've read are like very emotional. Uh, this one is oh, like good. comedy. It's yeah, comedy. I like that. I, uh, sounds good. We should do that. It's it's like it's like it's a sex comedy. It's it's like cool. a hot tub time machine. It's got the <laughs> wow, that is uh, the very deep. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's it's not like yeah you're not. He's a like very a dry humorist. I I do like Silverberg, but his humor is very, like when he he's cracking a joke, it's very dry. 
Not here. Here it's more like I'm like, just talking in person. I'm not saying like um, <laughs> like uh, in his books because I haven't read a lot of his funny books. But as a as a man, he's making a joke. You know, he doesn't tell you I'm making a joke. Doesn't start laughing at his own joke. He tells the joke, and then some people get it. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's a feature or a bug, but it's definitely one or the other. <laughs> when somebody's you know enjoying their jokes so much, they can't. They they do it straight faced. It's weird. But um, you know, in, in this book we just Byzantium, um, I felt like like the people were so shallow. Like it was like a commentary on the eighties because like like the eighties were about like shopping malls mm. and like you know the arcade and everything's constantly changing and and you're and I think like like that's really what it was about it wasn't about the 50th century it was about the oh yeah no no question um but i think i I, one of the things i didn't mention that i thought was really interesting is this is actually uh also our world in a sense like um people create avatars for themselves right Mm -hmm. and then they go into games um, and play with real people, but mostly NPCs. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an interesting um, uh, YouTube video the other day. A uh, guy, I think he was playing, not Fallout, but uh, Skyrim or something. Yeah, it was, it was Skyrim. And they've uh, there's a company that makes AI companions. So mm-hmm. the AI companion in the game can see things and respond to your questions verbally. Sure. So you say, go kill that big bear over there or whatever. And it says, okay. And it runs over there and does it. And it comes back and says something snarky, right? Um, and then you say, like, where do you want to go? And the AI companion does stuff. So people are normally in Skyrim playing against NPCs, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Scripted conversations. Here, they are NPC companions helping you kill other NPCs. So that's kind of like what we have in this, right? We've got a guy turns out he's, he's an avid, he thought he was a, a real person like these other people, uh, but they're barely real. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you've got the, the ones that are just scene fillers. And that is like, you know, weird. But w- one of the amazing things I think about, you know, you go to a city, you show up and you just, you know, on a street corner, you, you can see somebody and you say, okay, I'm going to follow that person and see where they're going. Now, not in a stalking way, just in like in an interesting, let's see where reality takes us sort of way. And they have their own business and agenda. And if you stop them and engage them in conversation, they're a real person, right? Now, some of them might be a little more NPC-like, you know, I'm, I'm going and buying the thing I was told to buy. <laughs> I'm wearing my mask or whatever it is, um, you know. It could be like that, but they're still real people, even if they're, you know, more NPC-like. But then a lot of them are like, they're just doing their thing, you know, walking the dog to make the dog poop and then uh, buying a newspaper. So uh, I, in, in when I was like in my early 20s in New York, um, I had a job uh, working for a ticket scalper for Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. And basically people buy rich people buy like thousand dollar Broadway tickets. And then at the last minute they can't make it. So they cancel their ticket. 
So it's resold to people waiting online for really cheap, for like fifty, a hundred dollars. So my job was to wait on the line, buy the ticket, and then give it to the scalper who resold it for like five hundred or seven hundred fifty dollars. He was a concierge at a hotel. Mm -hmm. So sitting there waiting on a line for the Broadway show, like you see people walking by in the street. But when Mm -hmm. you're waiting there for like seven hours, you see that it's the same people walking by the street. (laughs) So it's like playing Grand Theft Auto and you're seeing the same guy walking by. (laughs) It's like the Truman Show. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's exactly like that. Like they're NPCs. Mm -hmm. Like they're just walking around in a circle on the block. Right. And then you see that there's other people that are like – they have like functions there. They're just going about their day. Maybe they're delivering something, right? But it's like the same people going back and forth all day. It's, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, if you get the chance to just be still in one spot on a city street for seven or eight hours, right? Very educational. It is, and uh, and that's what what's so amazing about cities is it's a kind of weird form of nature, right? It's like being inside of uh, somebody's spleen. If you're inside of somebody's spleen, there's things happening all around you that you probably haven't paid attention to before. And yet it was, of course, very natural and needed to happen. And uh, cities are are like that. There's some sort of uh, liver or spleen or something. Um, and, you know, they catch on fire. <laughs> but they're, they're full of blood, red blood cells that are moving around. And then traffic accidents or uh, white blood cell, whatever it is, right? And we don't normally pay attention to that because we're busy doing our own little agenda. Speaking of fire trucks, sounds like somebody's going by Terrence's. I got a ticket. Sorry about that. Sorry. I'll be back in like, like a few minutes. All right. Um, is Will's place still on fire? You've covered in cats and... Oh, life is beautiful. Students. There's uh, well, I say life is beautiful. Our dog has been uh, having seizures, right? Um, so that's been uh, you know, elderly. She's got a intracranial disease of some kind. We're not sure how much longer she has, um, but uh, we've been spoiling her. Um, yesterday, we let her have a hamburger. Wow! Um, I hope um, that went well. Oh, it was it was joyous. Um, wow! It was everyone had a good time. What, was uh, it a, like a purchased hamburger or did you? Make yeah, it? we went to McDonald's. There you go. <laughs> and we got her um, uh, like a plain cheeseburger. Cheeseburger <laughs> for my dog, please. Yeah, no pickles. Uh, she doesn't like pickles. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, watching the dog seize has been difficult, but mm. the, uh, you know, we're kind of adjusting to the idea that she's not permanent. And we have hmm. new cats, new cats coming in all the time. Um, um, the uh, uh, we have a, a a little um orange and white cat that showed up a few months ago. Um, that was covered in its own feces Ew. and yeah, but it was very friendly. So we Other than uh, the feces, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we get you. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was like that. So we we got it cleaned up and got it so that it wasn't like having diarrhea all over itself wow. all the time. Had to medicate it, um, and um, now it's a happy cat, and uh, it's got a little friend that showed up uh, that it plays with. Um, so, uh, what does this have to do with making money for capitalism? None of it. None of what? it. I'm, 
then I'm you not, should drop it all immediately, sir. Yeah, I'm not doing very well at that. Um, You're failing I, at the uh, capitalism game. Yeah, acquiring I, capital. I, I, I've started writing my novel again, um, right. which conceivably could make money. Like, uh, conceivably, I could write a novel that never gets published, and then I could write a couple more novels that never get published, and then conceivably. After that, I could be good enough at writing novels that one got published by me. (laughs) (laughs) Just put them up on Twitter or some website. That's what I say. Yeah. The, um, uh, while we're podcast, record it. While we're talking, I, I added myself to God Save the Mark. Good. And Houston, Houston, do you read? Cool. Cause I haven't, um, cause I see that. Uh, you know, I'm very relationship oriented, so I see that Evan and Misa are on God Save the Mark, and mm-hmm. Terrence uh, is on with uh, and the, yeah, and, um, and Scott, Houston. who yep. I haven't talked to in like more than a year. That's going to be on a Saturday for him. Yeah, 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 because he's got to educate people. The in nun the business, open. yeah, the nuns got him. Yeah, he's the yeah, but um, yeah, and I've never read James Tiptree, so that'll be interesting. She's good. She's got she's got some meanness in her. Oh, really don't like. Oh, you what? Do you like mean? You don't seem like a. Yeah, I guess no, you I'm got the op- I, I'm the opposite of meanness. I'm all about the kindness, but a uh, truth. Uh, uh, there was a funny empathy. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it goes with like there was a friend of mine, Jason Thompson, was tweeting about cruelty. I'm like, I don't need anybody with cruelty in my life. But some people think that honesty is, you know, cruel. I'm like, honesty is something I really need in my life. But, you know, you can be cruel, uh, and honest. You can be, uh, cruel and not be honest. Right? But usually honesty is associated with cruelty. I think. Right? Well, at least with words. Ideas no, are, are, are potentially cruel yes. to many people. Yes. And that's Ideas actually what I'm cruel. what I'm most interested in is like when she wrote if you read the Screwfly solution, right? It isn't an indictment of men. No, I don't think so. It isn't. It's an indictment of our our being uh fleshy creatures subject to all the other things that other fleshy creatures are, right? And that's scary. And so that's that could be considered cruel. Uh, so let's all play nice and not talk about it. When when Paul says no, Jesse, it's like oh, that's a topic that's verboten, right? <laughs> like we can't talk about that. And I'm like, those are the things we should talk about, right? Like, is the is the Pope raping? <laughs> children by uh not you know shutting down his empire i don't think he could shut down his empire um (laughs) um, so maybe that's not the best argument but like you know pedophile priests are a thing so uh, should i hate all catholics no uh is catholics something we should be suspicious of yes (laughs) salvation army guys are they trying to recruit me for their army they probably are we should be suspicious, but it, it, the truth about what's going on is is more important 
So, like, yeah, is your wife, your wife asks you, uh, do I look fat in this dress? And you say, no, you look fat in any dress. <laughs> that's, that's cruel. Uh, but it might also be true. So that's what I, uh, my dilemma is. I think it's really cool to have, uh, truths coming out of fiction. And cruel truths coming out of fiction are even cooler because they're distanced from us in a way that, you know, does your wife, wife's ass look fat in that dress or any dress? Yeah? Does that help answer your question about whether I like cruelty or not? I think you like it a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's important. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. You have to look um, at it. Right, you have to look at it. Here's a question: Is the Colorado Kid by Stephen King a western? It is not, sadly. It's set in Maine. I think I've got a copy of it right here. Um, oh, ne- never mind. It's, it's fine. Uh, let me read the back for you. Oh, okay. I, I don't think he does. I don't think he does westerns. On I don't think island, he does either. But yeah. I was, I saw the title and I was like, "Hello." Yeah, it sounds like a because the word "kid," right? But Colorado, yeah. Colo- and Colorado is. It's in the uh, west. Yeah, well, sort of, yeah. But, yeah, it's not his main bailiwick, right? Um, it's a hard case crime book. And mm. it was reissued. The first time it was reissued, or first time it had a different cover. But this version I picked up um, has uh, illustrations in the second version. So, Ooh la la. Dude, that's so cool. Um, I think he's a real bad man because he's such a shit lib. But he's a pretty good writer, and uh, I forgive him for his sins. None like, of us uh, are perfect, Jesse, except for you. <laughs> I'm not perfect either. I occasionally make an, a mistake uh, or an error. I feel like with Stephen King, like when the drugs went, the talent went. <laughs> I don't know. I read Revival. I liked that. That was pretty good, and that was off of the, off of the drugs. The only drug he's now on is uh, Trump derangement drug. I don't think he's doing alcohol or anything. And and Revival's pretty good. It's it's not like a uh and that's from 2014. But yeah, he is much better I think as a cruel um mean drunk writer. He's hitting harder truths. That uh Running Man is so good. But well, you don't read like for meanness, right? Don't yeah, I don't know what is... I read. I read for um, I, I read for like anthropological observations. Mm. Uh, now you told me you like Lord Tiger. That's a pretty mean spirited book. Oh yeah, but I mean, That's a great book. But... but it's I mean, it's also like a book about like like there's so much anthropology in that book, and like I mean, there's also like lots of like action and like lots of like like weird like. He's like talking about how big his penis is and like, um, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good book. I like that book. Um, I, um, I think I like, um, of like farmer's Tarzan books. My favorite is probably Tarzan alive, which is like his biography, which is like the nerdiest one. And then I like, um, um, uh, a feast unknown, like second best, which is like the like pornographic one, um, and then I would say Lord Tiger. Colorado Kid is 180 pages minus 27 pages. How many is that? 100, 150 pages ish, 
And that's okay. including the illustrations. So I, I'm I'm I haven't read it, but it's a short Stephen King um, with a great cover and interior art. So it might be good. You might love it. Yeah, I've never read Stephen King. Like I've seen some of his movies, I guess. Like, I don't like I don't like most of his movies. I, I I think like he he comes up with a concept like Mr. Mercedes or Cell or something, right? And his concepts are pretty good usually, but his characters are where I go wrong. People love characters and I I like no interest in characters, right? Characters are only there to deliver the story. He does characters really, really, really well. But I like what's the what what's the shining, right? Really good book. Really, really, really good book. That that was when he was drunker on cocaine or something. A lot of things. Right? Yeah. Um but a really, really good book. But it isn't substantial in the way science fiction is or can be. You know, because um, he's he's got kind of got like he's haunted his his kind of like fantasy is his his own construction. It's not like other people's fantasies, and and so Colorado Kid I think is not like that. I think it's a it's a crime book or peripherally crime book. You should read more crime books. I'm like crime books I don't, are good. Yeah, I don't know much about crime books. What's like? like I, yeah, I've read like a little bit of Westlake through this podcast, and I've read like Lawrence Block, some Raymond Chandler. Um, Raymond um, Chandler's good, but and, there's a lot of formula as well. Which um, Jim Thompson, there's Jim a cool Thompson. guy. That, I love Jim novel. Thompson. He's just cooler inside me. Ooh. Oh my god, that book is so good. I want. I've actually. We should do that at some point. I've also got. Um, there was a comic book adaptation I've got around here of uh, another Jim Thompson. Maybe it is the killer inside me. Um, is that the one where like he has the weird relationship with his mom, or is that another Jim Thompson? That's the Grifters. And the that, Grifters, yes. And that, that, that got turned into a movie by Westlake. Westlake wrote the script yeah. for that. Yeah, the, the Grifters. It's about like th- this guy and like his mom comes back and she's like, "Oh my goodness." And the ending of that, but I don't want to spoil it's a, the ending. It's, it's but, a great movie. It's, it's a great book. It's harrowing. Oh, my God. I love yeah. that book. Uh, see, th- so that's a guy who's like, you pick up the paperback at the drugstore on the spinner rack. You go outside with your your uh, pop, cold pop, and take a swig, and you turn to page one, and you get a gut punch. <laughs> 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 and then you're, like, stunned for a minute, and you catch yourself, and almost dropped your bottle of uh, pop or whatever and you walk down the street waiting for your bus and you start re- getting more and more excited and by the time you're uh, getting home uh, getting off the bus and getting home uh, you're about two thirds of the way through the book and then that night you finish it and you say god damn I gotta go back to the drugstore again tomorrow now this is very character driven literature though. I, I just gotta say that this is not, not plot driven. It's not idea driven. It's all about character. I disagree. I think characters are there, but it's about, uh, the ideas of like crime is a really interesting situation, right? Like, because what makes a crime a crime? Most of the times when people have something bad happen to them, they think, how can I get the police involved? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, 
that's usually what uh, what they think and they shouldn't the police are a new invention they're a bad thing and we shouldn't be trying to engage with them as much as possible like we've been propagandized to do what is the right thing to do in the case of like so i th- I, th- I think this is like why breaking bad is very interesting people like breaking bad because it's about a bad guy right and he's doing empire stuff, empire building. What really annoyed me about about Breaking Bad is that the wife is there to to say what you're doing is wrong. And when his kid finds out what he's doing is wrong, um, he he's ashamed. And that was always inherent with that show. Like it, it was eventually going to come out that he was doing bad things and he was a bad man. What were the bad things he's doing? Well, he's selling drugs. We know drugs are bad. And as a result of that, he's killing people. And we know killing people is bad. Yeah, that's correct. And why is he doing it? Because he has fucking cancer and his wife is ha- has a new baby. And he's making shit money at, uh, as a school teacher where he's disrespected. And uh, has no health care. Right? <laughs> And then there's this partner of his who, who, you know, accepted his buyout and is now super wealthy billionaire and he won't take his money because human dignity or a man's dignity, like that's what it's about. It's not about Walter White or Heisenberg and people get caught up in that in the same way they think Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock and Bones are what Star Trek is. That ain't what Star Trek is. What Star Trek is, they go to a planet. Some weird people down there have a weird idea. They interact with it. They leave. That's that's what Star Trek really is. And when they deviate from that, it's fucking terrible because sure. it's science fiction. And crime works the same way. It's about philosophy of how to be. Is my view. You I, look at uh, characters Jim are required. Thompson, you look at James M. Cain. Uh, the Postman Always Rings Twice. Yes. You look at Mildred Pierce. So um, good. All the the crime books have. This, uh, the same idea, which is that there's some people who have something called a criminal mind, <laughs> and they're a little different than everybody else. They're yep. living a little bit outside of society. They don't think the rules apply to them, and they don't really see the other people in their world as uh, human beings, but more as like chess pieces mm. that they can move around. It's, they have the criminal mind, and that's yep. what's lacking in Breaking Bad. In Breaking Bad, he goes through like this moral uh, dilemma, like but it's interesting because he starts off at the beginning of it right it it isn't a moral dilemma it's a like i'm not uh i'm going to lower myself right he has a normal human compass uh, of uh, of what's right and wrong he knows that he's doing wrong in in the old crime books they don't have that that they're they're people Uh, who are outside i I agree with what you're saying about the old crime books i don't agree with breaking bad i think the problem with that is he's actually like the weakest character in a certain sense of that show. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we spend so much time with him. Jesse Pinkman is a much, uh, stronger character because he's just a dumb guy. Yo. Right. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> that's all he's got. And I empathize with him a lot. Whereas, um, our Walter white character, he thinks of himself as very high. And so his story is the tragedy of the show. Right. He thinks of himself as very high. He's brought low. He won't lower himself. In his lowering, he becomes the master. 
he thinks he's better than everybody. He's smarter than everybody. And he's pretty fucking smart, right? He's tr- he managed to trick his way. But he also, he destroys the thing that he loves, he says. But he didn't really love those things. He didn't love being a father. Right? He's lying about that. And yet the show's trying to moralize at the end <laughs> about it. Um, it, it. The show ended in a way that um, makes it a much worse show. Because he has to be brought low um, and feel bad about what he's done and want to be sad. So I think Breaking Bad is is a good show. But uh, the other one, the sequel, prequel series, much better show. Um, There's no kids. And all the characters are strong. Um, The girl character, super strong. Right? What's her name? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's the lawyer show. Better Call Saul. Super Saul. The brother. Oh my god. That's it's a really interesting crime show too. Yeah, I've only seen a couple of seasons of it, but I I agree, it's a good show. It's it's a better show than Breaking Bad because it doesn't have the wife and kids aspect. The wife and kids are there to set up the fall, and you know it's. Uh, whenever I see them on screen, I'm like, I got it. We're setting up the fall. But with Jimmy uh, McGill, the main character of Breaking Bad, or Better Call Saul, he doesn't have kids. So he's he's all uh, at sea on his own. He's just trying to live up to what his brother uh, wants, but he can't because his brother is kind of stupid and also lucky, whereas he's he's smart and unlucky. You know? And it's a, it's a lot of really interesting American stories. Um, real good crime TV shows. Still, like, if you look at, like, James M. Cain's, like, uh, The Postman Always Drinks Twice or uh, Double Indemnity, which is so basically good. the same story, but yep. they're both amazing. Like, you know, in, in Postman, he's like, mm, you know, the Greek guy, he never did me any harm. So he greasy. never did anything wrong to me, but... Uh, he never did anything nice to me either. And if I kill him, I get his wife and all of his money. Gosh, I guess I've got to kill him. Yeah. You know? And then they betray that's, each other at the trial. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the thought that goes into it. And that. the book is 90 pages, right? It's super short. You totally can read that in like a couple hours. Yeah. Makes you like love reading. Have you not read the James M. Cain, Will? No, I have not. Those three books. Oh, and Terrence, yeah. Um, So the three books, uh, Double Indemnity, uh, Postman Always Rings Twice. Don't bother with the movies of Postman. Double Indemnity movie is very similar to the book. A little bit different here and there. Um, Yeah, that's a good movie. Terrific movie. Uh, Fred McMurray and the lady with the wig. (laughs) And uh, who's the – Edward G. Robinson, I think, is the Mm -hmm. boss – uh, uh, but um, the third one, Mildred Pierce, also a pretty good movie. It feels a lot less like a crime book, but uh, it's because she's building up a business and yeah, she's got a relationship so. with her daughter. But his all his writing is really good. Um, James M. Cain. There's just not that much of it. Uh, unfortunately, none of them are public domain. Last time I checked, um, probably but, not. There, but like, there are audiobooks of them. So good. Yeah, 30s, but novels, and they were very successful, so he renewed, I think. Um, and a lot like Jim Thompson, 
later on. Well, Jim Thompson is is more hardcore. Like th- this is more visceral, like uh, violence. James M. Cain is more like a Greek tragedy, right? Yeah. Tra- James M. Cain is like people plotting against each other, and that that happens in Thompson too. But they also cut each other up with knives. Yeah, Thompson mm-hmm. is is Thompson uh, is bloody, but also like his writing is bloody, like. Yeah, <laughs> you you turn the page and you you'd like cut your arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's wicked wicked good. And uh, there's a bunch of like sort of movies uh, that you know went underground in sense that nobody watched them. There's one called This World Then the Fireworks. Have you guys heard of that one? Nope. Um, no. I I think that's the name of the book too. Um, I longest time I didn't know why it was called that, and I'm like, oh fireworks is hell <laughs> right um and it's uh it's a uh, i think billy zane is in it um and gina gershon are are um lovers and brother and sister oh that <laughs> sounds interesting right <laughs> and you don't know that right away and it's like um and they're criminals of course right so we watched the uh flowers in the attic movie uh recently Ooh. and it was definitely like pro incest propaganda there is there is actually a funny stream of that out there right yeah it's it's um it's kind of surprising um yeah it all started with uh john ford uh tis a pity she's a whore uh this is a play it was it was a generation after shakespeare and mm-hmm. it was like like the whole forbidden love thing was very much in vogue after Romeo and Juliet. And mm-hmm. so uh, this this play, instead of them being from opposite houses, uh, from different houses, they're from the same house. They're brother and sister. Mm. It's a really good I've play. I've never seen this play before. I love the spelling uh, on the original is pity has two T's and she has two E's. They, they often uh, change the title because it's not an appropriate title because the play's a tragedy and the title's for a comedy. Oh, so sometimes the, horror has two O's, too. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, continue. But, like, I, I, there's even a movie where they, they change the title to, like, the two main characters, um, whatever their names are. Um, but uh, anyway, so the, they, they love each other and they're brother and sister. And so the brother's like, he goes to like the priest and is like, you know, I know we're like arranged to be married to other royalty, but if there's somebody who I really love, is it okay for me to marry that person instead of marrying somebody? <laughs> Not mentioning any names. House? Yeah. And the priest is like, well, of course it is. Uh, you should go with your heart. He's like, great. I, I love my sister. The priest is like, what? And then like he has this like conversation with other people too. And they're all like, of course you should follow your heart. I'm like, great. I love my sister. What? You, oh, wait a minute there. There's an uh, audio uh, audio production for Librivox, uh, two hours forty two minutes. So so eventually the, the, the dad's like, okay, enough, daughter, you're we're gonna set you up with like a suitor, and so like all these suitors are just like losers from other houses. They're like dorks, and so at the end of the play, he says she's about to get married and says if i can't have you sister nobody can so he yeah that isn't that line in uh in the grifters (laughs) maybe i think it might be i don't know i I mean that that's not exactly because this is like it's not like 
as flowery as Shakespeare. It's a lot more realistic. It's a generation later. It might be in verse, but like blank verse. I don't oh. remember. But uh, it, the, the language is a little more realistic, but still uh, – poetic too um, nice. so what he does is he has sex with the sister in her chamber he digs the dagger into her heart and he he pulls her heart out of the dagger and then he goes into the banquet <laughs> hall with his sister's heart beating heart on the end of the dagger beating heart. and he Impressive. gives like a huge monologue to like all of the guests like it's crazy wow yeah. Okay, I have to it. go now. So Thank great, you. thanks. <laughs> nice and on that note, <laughs> sorry, Terrence sorry leaves. Drive, I, I didn't mean to drive you away. Sorry for no, no, that, it was that, very interesting. That. I I think I have to um, listen to the audio driver now. That um, was really good. So next time, Terrence, you're on for next week. So I'll get you the. Phone. Am I? Uh, oh, oh no, that's what? Trish. It was T R. So I. Ah. What's see. next? Yeah. What's next week? Uh, okay, anyhow, Farms Freehold. Bye. Bye bye. I should be on for Farnham's Freehold. Yeah, right? you are. You're on. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and what, what else do we have coming up? I, 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 these I'll are send it. Like... I'm putting, put this in the chat. You should be able to see it. Or do you want me to put it in Twitter? DM you. Um, Twitter, sure. All right. Um, yeah, but Farnham's Freehold, that's a good one. I'm, I'm lo- I've been looking for How did How did uh, Pirates of Venus go? Pretty good. Um. Uh, you know, what's funny is I mentioned it a few times in the show, um, but I was subsequently show noting our moon one. What's the moon made? Okay. Oh, Scott is typing saying I put ill met on in Lankmar on the spreadsheet. Yeah, huh. he did it. That's, cool. Uh... And it's by Jonathan Davis. Who's a great narrator. Well, uh, that's one of the tour doubles. The gray mouse. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. Sure. All right. Sign your name. Oh well, I guess you can't sign your name up because I haven't sent you the thing yet. All right. So this is going into your DM. It's just a link to the PDF page. Oh, not PDF page. The well, you want me to put my own name in here? Well, you can just see it. I can put your name on. Jesse I- Scott. Uh, I can put your name on Jonathan. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add Scott to the conversation because he's typing at me here. Uh, how do I do that? Yeah, let me let me jump on to my computer so I can look at the Twitter. Yep. Uh, invite, share. I don't know. Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. It's X now. I got a. <laughs> uh, Just call it Twitter. Myself. It's fine. Yeah, Everybody X, knows. X. Yeah. Uh, you- I, yeah. Did you see like the pictures that Elon posted of like the the Twitter building with the X on top? No. It looks like I mean it looks very Christian. It looks like a cross. Um, yeah, let, let, let me let me find that and I'll just uh, shoot that over to you. Um, cause, uh, it's a sideways cross. It it, it just it looks very. Like you know, in like Brave New World, how they take the the T for a uh, Model T, and they use it to replace the uh, the um, cross. Like that's what this picture looks like to me. Hmm. Um, it looks like, and and that would make perfect sense because he wants Twitter to be like uh, the uh, Chinese um, app uh, WeChat, 
which is the, I thought I thought he was just trying to line it up with the other you know SpaceX etc. He wants he wants to make it like WeChat, which is the oh yeah payment system. Yeah, makes sense. It's it's the it's like the hub of their social credit system. Um, you, you want, but it won't work because it's not public. Like, no. Hey, I, we're adding you to the chat. Okay. Um, yes, sorry. Um, yeah, we're talking about Elon's uh, trying to take over the world, but um, oh. Scott, <laughs> uh, Jonathan is on, uh, and uh, Will. Oh, Jonathan and Will. Hey, Hello. Scott. Hello, Scott. Goodness, good to talk to you, Will. Uh, yeah, have good you to talk to Jonathan before. I don't think so. Have I, Jonathan? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what, what's your 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 last name? Danielson. I don't know Scott Danielson. No. Okay. Well, now you do. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he started the website with me and uh, is still uh, occasionally participating with podcasts and editing up a whole other podcast and. Um, it was adding ill ill met, so we we all got excited when you put it put that on there because we were talking oh, cool. about doing more tours, tour nice. doubles. Um, all right, cool. And, um, so, Scott so, and Jonathan, it, Will, do you want to be added to ill met? Um, leave me as a maybe on that one. I'm definitely for Houston. Houston, do you read? But right, uh, I I cool. read ill met in the last couple of years, so it might be it might be too fresh. Okay. Yeah, I I have that problem myself. Um, what's uh, what's Jonathan John Buchan and Connor K. Bucken? Bucken? I don't know. You don't know John Bucken? He wrote um, uh, Thirty Nine Steps. I don't know him. Oh, dude, he's cool. Um, Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan Bucken. John Bucken was a very early. Not a 20th century writer got his big break with World War One book called Thirty Nine Steps turned into a bunch of movies. He wrote a lot of spy fiction based on that. Um, most of it pretty fluffy, um, but he also wrote weird fiction, uh, mm-hmm. including um, one we've done. Uh, we've done a few of his stuff. He's a little bit like Algernon Blackwood, but he's an interesting character because he's a very competent upper class upper class guy. Was he governor of Canada? Um, yes, he was later governor general of Canada. Um, wrote a lot of outdoorsy books, and um, his weird fiction is pretty cool. So I haven't read this one, but that's... I, dig, uh, I mean, I, I read weird fiction, so if you wanted to put me on there, yeah. put me on there. Sure, sure why not? Comma uh, Jonathan. Um, how's Con- how's Connor doing these days? Uh, last I heard from him, he had just begun his work as an au pair. Yeah, he's done that. He's back in Australia, although I believe he's not at home yet. He his place is rented out, uh, something, so he's staying somewhere else. Um, sound he's been working hard on recording stuff, some very interesting things. Um, and he has. So. Sorry. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, um, let me dig up my DMs from him. Because uh, he he's not on the podcast very much since he went to Germany, but um, he is a pretty active for an inactive guy. He he also lost his Twitter account for a while and was tweeting like NFT shit. Um, oh, whoops! <laughs> so um, uh, uh, was the moon? Oh, moon of skulls. I was suggesting he do that. Uh, Howard. Um, 
And he says, I have a paperback on, on this, on my shelf. Uh, it's on my to-do list. Uh, he is going to come on the podcast soon, I think. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't talked to him that much because, um, just, just DMing really. So he's on two weeks from now. If you want to say hello. <laughs> sometimes you put me as Jonathan and sometimes you put me as J Manfred Weixel. You're going to get confused. I'm already confused. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm calling you Jonathan cause that's, uh, that's, that's what I go by. Oh, so, yeah. you're, so that's, that's you. I was just looking down there. Um, you have the warriors down there. That's a I great, the uh, warriors great, on the, movie. on the list. Yeah, it's down on the bottom below the scheduled stuff. Uh, it says The I Warriors see. plus movie by Sol Yara. Okay, so I guess there's a book? Yeah. Yeah, The Warriors is based on a book. I've never read the book, but it's uh, based on... Well, but the movie, what what I said is I, I would love to see the original version of the movie because I only saw the... Um, the uh, He re, re-edited it to make hmm. it like a little less violent and a little more cartoony. Yeah, there's an audiobook of it. It's uh, seven hours, nineteen minutes. I've so. never, I've never read the book, and I've only seen the uh, the, the reissue of the movie. I, I'd, I'd only really be interested in the movie if it was like I got to see the original. But uh, it is cool. It is, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I do. It is great. I think the major problem we all have is. There's a lot, a lot of books we want to read, and there isn't enough time to do them all. <laughs> it seems to be my major problem is like, how do I winnow the number of books I want, I can read? Paul's always like, you should take a vacation. Like, fuck that shit. I want to read more books. This will guarantee I do, you know? Yeah. So. so you know, Paul was also saying I should consider leaving Twitter. I'm like, and using something else, I'm like, what, which one would you suggest? And he says, there are many options. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds like I'm not leaving Twitter, you know? I, like, I do think you should get on Facebook because there's like good oof. groups you could join, but, um. I don't want to be involved on Facebook. I, I probably would like it. And that's, that's probably a problem. Cause I, I don't like being on Twitter for the same reason I don't like YouTube, right? It's like I don't like being controlled by evil giant corporations, but. It's a really good way of communicating with people for podcasts, and that's uh, how they get you trapped. Like yeah, you're, yeah. you're there for the people, and then they can manipulate you. However yes, you yes. So, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have met Jonathan uh, except for Twitter, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Will, same story, right? Oh yeah, we're. I, I we're... think Paul, same story. Scott, I knew before Twitter existed, so. <laughs> and he, I think he introduced me to Twitter. Oh, big mistake. Is that true? Pretty Could sure, because I didn't have yeah, an account. You, know what? I think I, I you had SFF Audio, yeah. and I'm like, you said, I'm, I'm, I, I remember you said, I found myself going to Burger King, and I tweeted, going to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, I think this is enough. <laughs> Do you want this account, Jesse? I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe. This is Donald E. Westlake. I've never read him either. Are you are you serious? You've never read Westlake? No, I've never read. Who is he? Dude. Is he, he wrote the script for The Grifters of the movie. Oh, he's, yeah? He's also known as Richard Stark. Um, massive. He's a writer's writer. You definitely need to read Donald Westlake. 
Put me down. All right. Putting you down. I'm putting you, you down know, as J. Manfred. <laughs> just to. <laughs> no, no, I can spell Jonathan better. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody can spell Jonathan. I get a lot of J O H N T H. Yeah, I, I can see that. No. People do <sighs> fancy spellings. Starting. Hopefully, whoa! He uh, he wrote the script for The Grifters by Jim Thompson. He won an Oscar for that, and he wrote he wrote a lot of a lot of uh, film noir, like neo noir. Like he has films. a ton of movies, and he's not a movie guy. Like he went to Hollywood for a little bit. He wrote a he wrote a script for a James Bond movie they never made, and then he decided oh, I'll just turn it into my own novel, and that eventually came out. About, uh, I want to say, a, a fifth of Hard Case Crimes reprints um, in the early days were Westlakes. And now, and you know, less, but even so, tons of Westlake. Because books, too, they're all, uh, they're all crime books? Yes. They're, they're comedy books. He's got one book on, like, a uh, real-life coup. Um, but they're comedy and crime books. And crime. Scott's read a lot of them. Westlake... How many you read, Scott? Oh, I, I don't know if I'd say a lot. Maybe Brothers five or Keepers, six, five or six. Uh, the cab yeah. book, Call Me a Cab. No, it wasn't that. Was another yeah, one. Yeah. Um, oh, I can see the cover. I think um, it's You Owe Me Money or something. Somebody like that. owes somebody. me money. Yep. Yeah. Good book. Yeah, it's really um, good. He's just a really, really slick and smart writer. He wrote he wrote science fiction too, but not that much. Um, and pretty good science yeah, fiction. Yeah, NR Chaos. Yep. It's and, a memorable uh, book. It is. It's real science fiction. Uh, and also about insurance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, his Richard Stark books got turned into a bunch of movies, including one with um, uh, Lee Marvin uh, that got later turned into a movie with Mel Gibson uh, called Payback. Um, and we've done one of those books. Really good books. I, 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 I love series, even though I hate series. I love his series, even though I hate his series. Because <laughs> they make me read them, and I could be reading something else. But so good. So this is yeah. a standalone, this God Save the Markets so, of Comedy. Uh, Mighty Sons of Hercules anthology is funded. Yeah, I, I was seeing you. You were shilling for that pretty hard. Yeah, well, I wanted it to happen. And you yeah. probably helped yeah, a little bit. Yes, uh, hopefully. See, I, I shouldn't be allowed to talk about him because he's conservative or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I'm going to talk about him anyways. We can have uh, uh, communists versus um, conservatives or whatever. And not not cancel each other. How about that? We agree on that? <laughs> we would just throw each other out of helicopters. Fuck! Horrible. I hate those takes. That's the stuff on Twitter I don't like. Is the bad takes. It's full of bad takes. That's why you quit about? it again, right? Yeah, it's, well that's uh, one of the It's yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like that that's what I, that's what I was hoping we would get into to tea about. I was hoping there were some like real real takes was, that could be I was could, trying. I, yeah. I didn't come up with much amazing. Because I, I, I mostly tweet, and then I occasionally look at other people's tweets. 
I check my messages to see, you know, nobody's canceled showing up for a podcast or something, but I mostly just, you know, tweet about whatever's happening. I, you know, um, Mirko, right? The German guy. Some people know him, some people don't. <laughs> I think I know him on Twitter. Yeah. Which is to uh, say I don't know him. But. <laughs> Mr. Lovecraft. He tweeted um, uh, something. Uh, he said, uh, oh yeah, here it is. Uh, I was browsing through your uh, our messages down to 2016 for no particular reason. You know what's really sucks and makes me very sad? There is little or no chance that we will meet one day in pers- person. And I said, don't be, in- don't be, I'm not that exciting in person. <laughs> I mostly take pictures of random stuff and think about it. And then uh, I sent him a picture of random stuff that I had on my phone, <laughs> like a bowl full of tools. <laughs> and um, I'm like, I met Scott online, then I met him in real life. I know him now. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I know what he smells like. <laughs> he doesn't smell bad, but he's not particularly, you know, I need to sniff it every day. <laughs> so I don't see there's a massive difference, right? Oh, that's funny. Will sends me a picture of his cowboy hat. I don't think that's his whole cowboy hat collection. You're right. I have another one, too. I hope it's a white hat, because he had a black hat. Yeah, the, the white hat is less fancy, though. So yeah, um, it gets dirtier. So gotta be careful. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, I was meaning to ask you, Jesse, do you, mm-hmm. um, what kind of access to, like, archives of, like, scanned pulps do you have? Complete. <laughs> I should, uh... But uh, you do, so too. Go to archive.org. It's mostly there. Okay. Okay. You just uh, here's the here's the secret. Okay, type in the name of the magazine, the year, dash, and then the month, uh, like oh six or whatever for June, and that brings it up mostly all the time. There are things that are not on there, and there's things that get taken down occasionally, but that has the majority of things. Like if I want to look for pulps, uh, I go there before I go to my hard drive full of pulps. Okay. So if there's something I can't find on there, then bug you. Yeah, but, uh, you know, there's new stuff scanned all the time as well. Don't uh, the SFF audio website? The PDF page doesn't have full pulps. We only have uh, processed stuff, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, like, I was reading that 1899 magazine. Man, they had so much good writing in, like, one magazine in one month. I like from April of 1899, I got like five stories, something like that. And then I got uh, maybe more than that. And then May had good ones in June. Guy de Maupassant's stuff. And uh, we were reading some uh, Maurice Lavelle, who's like a, uh, I think of him as kind of like a uh, successor to. Uh, Montpassant. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he's got weird um, mean stories. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I guess I like mean. Most of the, was it a reprint or a, or a first run? Um, uh, of the Montpassant? Yeah. He These are the of... first translations into English is what I was okay. going for. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah he, he didn't write in English. He died. 
he yeah. died of uh, syphilis, right? Yeah, it's horrible syphilis. But made some good stories out of it. My God. But uh, the string, you guys know the story of the string, or it's called um, a piece of string. Le no. facile is the or uh, it, it's such a good idea for a story. A guy is wandering through the street of his town, right? He bends over uh, to pick up a piece of string because you know you never know when you're going to need a piece of string. <laughs> <laughs> he goes home and it adds it to his string collection and then the um <laughs> the uh cops come by and say hey uh did you steal a a pocket uh uh wallet and he's like no <laughs> and they say you were seen nearby where this guy lost his wallet and somebody saw you bending over <laughs> to pick up the wallet and so he's accused, and like they're gonna put him on trial. And he's like, "No, absolutely did not happen." And yet you <laughs> you refuse to explain why you're bending over, and he comes up with a lame excuse, right? And <laughs> he's like about to be executed um, for uh, this is my memory of the story. He's about to be executed for the crime or whatever, you know, thrown in jail for the crime of of stealing this guy's wallet. Um, <laughs> The guy finds the wallet and he's like, oh, I dropped it in my other pants or whatever. <laughs> and he refused to say why he had bent over to pick up a piece of string because it was just too embarrassing. <laughs> That's the whole story. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, like the famous one is the diamond necklace. You guys know that one? No. I, I know, um, you know, the, the novel, uh, uh, Bellamy. Oh, I haven't read that. Um uh, it's long. <laughs> it's a novel. But, um, that, that is one of my favorite novels. He's so sure. good. He's so such a great writer. Um, the the plot of the necklace is uh, there's a, a bureaucrat. His wife um, is bored. She married below her station, she thinks, because um, she's so beautiful. Her She was born to a poor family. She married a middle-class guy who's a bureaucrat in the education department or something of France. Um it's the wife's uh, very dissatisfied with her life because she's so pretty and her husband is, you know, just a lowly bureaucrat. She could have married much higher, she thinks. So he's always trying to, like, uh, make her feel better. So he suggests, um, uh, he says, I, I got some favors and I got us uh, to, uh, we've been invited to the governor's ball or maybe it's the president's ball. Um, and she says, I hate you. <laughs> and he says, what? And she says, you want me to wear this horrible dress? So it's kind of like Cinderella. And he says, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> so he he suggests um, uh, he could give up the money he was saving up for to buy a gun to go hunting with the guys at, at the office. Um, and she could buy something nice that she could wear more than once. Because <laughs> he's trying to save money, right? And she's like, I love you. And then she she's about to buy the dress. And then she says, I hate you. I don't have any jewelry. I will look a fool. And she says, well, you have, he says, you have that friend um, who's very wealthy. Couldn't you borrow something from her? And he says, you're brilliant. <laughs> and so she goes and borrows from her friend. Uh, and her friend allows her to choose any, any jewelry she wants for the, the event. Um, the event goes swimmingly and she, she, um, she's attractive and the talk of the ball 
and everybody loves her, including the high-class dudes, right? And then, on the way home, uh, just getting out of the cab, she realizes she's lost the necklace. It's broken off somehow, somewhere between where they left the ball and, or sometime in the night at the ball and the uh, arrival at their home. And they retrace their steps and can't find it. Um, and she delays telling her friend about it. And they think about, oh, how, how what are we going to do? So um, they, he decides to mortgage their house um, and borrow from everybody um, and scrape enough money to get it replaced. They decide this together. Um, she replaces the necklace with exactly the one from the night. And uh, gives it back to her friend. It's like, I wish you hadn't taken so long in returning it. It's not kind of you. And 20 years go by. <laughs> and uh, they've been just paying off the debt. Finally finishing the debt. No children, right? She's she's taken on extra work as a scrub maid. And um, she passes her friend in the street. And she's so proud of herself that they just just about paid off the debt. And she goes up to her friend. It's it's me, Marie, or whatever her name is, and and says who? <laughs> she says your friend from so long ago. Oh, you have changed so much because she's looking elderly now. Um, but the you know the rich lady doesn't look like haggard from all that work because she didn't have any. And and she says and and I can finally say I'm so proud that I've returned the necklace, even though it cost me all these years of work. Um, we lost it, you see. And she says, oh, my dear, it was only paste. Drop the mic. Walk away bleeding from the page. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I have read that. It's so good. He's just so mean. Yeah, but uh, Bella Me is, uh, it, it's, it's about a social climber. Um, I think, you know, the, the big theme is probably like corruption and the third French Republic mm. uh, t- towards its end. But it's about a guy who, you know, he's out of the military. He's kind of bumming around. He doesn't really know what, what he's doing. And he bumps into an old friend from the army who's a big man in the newspaper now. And the guy's like, uh, oh, well, why don't you just become a reporter? And he's like, well, I don't know anything about writing. He's like, well, that's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so he comes in and becomes a reporter. He finds out that like all of these writers, like their wives are doing all the writing for them. So all he has to do <laughs> is like get a good wife to do the writing. Mm. But the wife he likes is already the wife of his friend who invited him to be the reporter. And it, it gets like messed up with a lot of love triangles. It's, it's a hilarious book. It's mm. uh, mean spirited and nice. it, it's just a really good um portrait you know his uh, idea it was uh impressionism or mm. naturalism which is mm. like the literary equivalent of impressionism like yeah. you know the impressionist painters they, yeah. they said we're going to look at what's in front of us and quickly jot it uh yeah. you know down as quickly as we can to get a picture of what's right in front of us right now and the the uh naturalists they rejected psychological realism and uh, social realism. They said all we can, you know, put on papers like what we observe in front of us. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to do that equivalent of jotting down like descriptions of people and trying to get to their character through how they look and how they mm-hmm. behave and their mannerisms. And I, I think it, it can be very powerful. Like Bellamy is a very mm-hmm. powerful book, and <clears throat> you get the psychology of the characters 
just as well as you would like in a Dostoevsky novel, just from their behavior and, and what they're doing, because you can kind of relate to uh, how they're behaving in that situation. I love it. There's been like seven movie adaptations or something. I know there was one relatively recently um, with Robert Pattinson. Isn't he mm-hmm. like one of the vampire guys? There's no vampires in this book. No, no, the actor. <laughs> like, um, Uma Thurman, Christina Ricci, so I guess in English. But, um, yeah, I I love Montpessant. I haven't read ever, any of his novels, just his short stories, but so good. But, yeah, I feel like I've read The Necklace before. That sounds Yeah, it's a very familiar. It's like something they teach you in school, I think. Yeah. What, what have you I, been I, reading, Scott? I uh, just finished Scaramouche this morning. Oh, yeah. By Raphael Sabatini. Did you know that we, uh, Julie suggested we do that years ago and we did? Yeah, so you sent me that link. Mm. Yeah, I've got to listen to that before the podcast. So. <laughs> you said that's exactly what you said 10 years ago. <laughs> Crazy. It's a good book. Yeah, Have it is. It's really good. It's really good. That's the first time I've read it. I haven't really? read anything by him before. No, well, I, I hadn't. I haven't read anything by that author. Raphael Sabatini. I feel Jonathan should have read a Raphael Sabatini. No, I haven't though. I've, I've You've only read. read you haven't read Westlake and no Sabatini. No, I'm afraid not. I mean, Sabatini's read... sort of out of out of uh, I mean, his I, period I hear, now, right? I've heard of him. He's, um, he's got a lot of pirate books and stuff like Captain that. Captain Blood, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, is his famous one. Oh, okay, okay. I'm familiar with Captain Blood. I haven't read it. He's a kind of a contemporary either, of, of copy this morning. the mo- The movie's really good. Um, he's a contemporary of um, the Zorro guy. What's his name? Johnston McCulley. That's him. Yeah. So you'd sometimes see uh, pulps with both of their stuff in it, and. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of writers like that who, like, they were huge in their day, and now, you know, Montpassant has a lasting influence. Um, Raphael Sabatini, no lasting influence. And Westlake's an interesting case because he has a tremendous influence, but people don't know. <laughs> right? Like, uh, Stephen King, a lot of Stephen King is Westlake. Uh, him yeah. responding yeah. to Westlake, loving Westlake. With these uh, screenwriters and TV writers, like nobody knows who writes their movies. That's TV. true. They don't care, so they don't. Uh, they don't. Their names don't catch on. That's no, true. And you know, like to survive after you die, for your writing to survive, you really need somebody to to champion it after yes. you're gone, which is what like Lovecraft had and Kafka had, but mm-hmm. like other, other, other writers like Seal Moore, you know, she didn't have that or That's her right. husband would try to suppress her work. After she, uh, her, her second husband. Yeah. Her second husband. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of writers, the Philip K. Dick estate is trying to suppress their own, right? Their own. I mean, they're not doing a very good job of it. Just well, they're, by, they're they're trying to profit off of it, but they're but in a very short term way, bastardizing it. You know? you know, really bad, bad. Guys, well, it's nice to talk to you guys. I got to run. Thank All you, right. sir. Good I just chatting, uploaded Scott. two RSDs. Oh, thank you. Um, do you need me to send you some? Uh, no, nope, I still have a few left. Excellent, sir. Thank you yeah, so much. We're, we're three ahead. You bet. Take care, everybody. All, All right. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> 
But like, you know, I mentioned like Charles Burnett Swan, mm-hmm. uh, Weirwoods. Like, why We're didn't do he? That. Why didn't he? He survive? Why is he unknown now? And probably no champion. Guess. It's because his writing is maybe a little dirty, and whoever his heirs were were a little embarrassed by it. I bet. I mean, I don't know that, but oftentimes there are, there are no heirs. That's the real story. Like H. Beam Piper, no heirs, mm-hmm. right? Um, the the people who were trying to profit off it were his publishers. They were mm-hmm. like, "This guy's good. We we know it now. Look at this." I am actually just started uh, our edit of uh, the edit of the show on. Uh, Space Viking, which is probably his biggest book, other than Little Fuzzy. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. I've never read it. It's a good book. Did, were you on for that one, Will? I can't remember. No, I was on for um, Interlingual or whatever. Well, Omnilingual. Omnilingual, yeah. That was a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> you've been, you've been um, very off, uh, although I noticed you were tweeting a lot recently. Um, I don't. Yeah, I've, I've been posting more. Um, a lot the, of uh, uh, just posting a lot of of my pulp collection. Um, just uh, I don't know. I post on Twitter and I post in this Facebook group uh, that um, uh, Jesse. You remember that guy Alan Mueller? Mm, tell me more. He was in. He was on one of the like the Planet Stories podcast that never okay. got made. Okay. Um, but he has this Facebook group that I, I'm in that I post like pictures of pulps too. That, mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a fun thing to do. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm trying to find the last one you were on unseen unfair. It has a question mark for a while. So probably not, uh, the skull were you on for that? No, no. I'm trying to remember more? myself. I don't, okay. Remember. I got one black priestess of Varda. Oh, I was I was gonna be on that one, but then my uh, my in laws were in town. Okay, so that was ten oh nine. Previous one was Adventures of Mark Twain. No, Adventures of Tom Sawyer. We on for that? No, and I no, and I didn't do that one either. Wow. Okay, next one back. I can't find you on here. Yeah. Well, you know the the secret the secret is I've been in hiding, but I, I uh, I'll come I'll come in around South now. America. <laughs> yeah i uh dodging the cops yeah you know sometimes i feel like i don't know what to say about literature um and uh it discourages me from coming on um well, what you should do is you come up with a brilliant thesis that everybody hates <laughs> works for me <laughs> yeah that's uh brilliant um yeah. she's uh, the... secretly transgender everybody accepts this <laughs> everybody <laughs> um, here's all my evidence i'm laying it out for you yeah the um um yeah the uh, but i'm i'm excited about westlake and i'm excited about like discovering kip tree see what mm-hmm. that's about um and i'm a sucker for these double novels um yeah, really i don't cool. I, I don't actually own any tour doubles because I, I was gonna buy some recently but they they had stickers on them and i was yeah. like no I, I think they got remaindered uh, at the end of their tenure because I found a lot with the, the you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to- business tours in anymore, but they used to make those and I like, I would find them at the used bookstore and I'm like, I don't know if I'll read this, but I might read half of it. <laughs> yeah. I have all these ace doubles and I've like, uh, I think I've read like, you know, um, 
not very many of them, but uh, good to have handy. Yeah, just in case I ever need I've to got, carry two I've novels. Got a stack of them somewhere around here. I got I got a lot of ace doubles in the same way. I read one of mm-hmm. the double, and then the other one I just don't read. I, it sits there, and I, I really want to check that out. Like, um, like, and uh, I, I just never do. Um, There's no time. How can like, you? Do every, every book you want to read. It's impossible. I read uh, The Sioux Spaceman by Norton, then on the other side. And then The Town Took Off. That right. sounds really interesting. By, by Wilson, who's he? You know? And yep. same thing. Like, like uh, oh, I've read The Galactic Breed by Lee Brackett. On the other side, Conquest of the Space Sea? I've never heard of that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the cover for Conquest of the Space Sea is insane. I, I need to read it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Covers are important. Were, and that, that's why Ace and Tor doubles are good is because they have two covers. Right. <laughs> the, the other thing with the uh, Ace doubles is, you know, over the last few years, I've had to start wearing reading glasses. Mm-hmm. And man, the print on those is small. Oh, yeah. Not very. Hence your uh, new, new interest in audiobooks. Well, no, I, I got interested in audiobooks because I'm doing the show and your show is audiobooks. Yeah, but um, it's going to grow because it, it, here's the funny thing. If you go back far enough in Luke Burridge's podcast, right? <laughs> He's a science fiction book review podcast. Very popular if you type in, in into iTunes, right? I was like, um, hey, uh, you can come on my podcast and we'll talk about a book. And here's the audiobook. And I'm like, audiobooks? What are those? <laughs> and he's like very disdainful at first, right? I was like, uh, well, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll try it. And then guess what? Now he only does audiobooks. Oh. <laughs> right? And that's the thing is like, I am almost exclusively audiobooks, but for the other podcast, it's almost exclusively, it basically is only text. And then maybe I'll have a supplemental audiobook or something. But. It, it it's so convenient to be able to be washing the dishes or, you know, scrubbing the toilet or whatever it is, and being able to listen to the audiobook. Your eyes don't need to be on a piece of paper. It's just amazing. And how can you not want to do that all the time? My problem is I just read so slow. I like um, it took me two weeks to make it through this like. Uh, Daw Yellow Spine that's only like 250 pages hmm. uh, while I was on vacation in like this past week just like I just well I mean I had other things going on but um, uh, you have to uh, you can't to, to be sitting and staring at a piece of paper while things are happening around you it's time taking right yeah so. but on the other hand I finished the audiobook that we did today in like one sitting yeah of course I I started. Uh, Jonathan sent me a message saying I'm done yesterday. I'm like I think I sent you a photo and it, or a screenshot and it was like I'm about half done. <laughs> and I started like on Friday, right? Of course, of course. Um, yeah, no, I did mine on. I just knocked mine out on Tuesday because I was listening to a bunch of other audiobooks that I wanted to get back to. Um, uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I uh, yeah, I've been listening to Writers on the Purple Sage. Um, yeah. We should do uh, there. We Max should do Brand? Zane Gray on here. Oh, Zane Gray, Zane Gray. Well, we gotta find the right one. There should be a million audiobooks of Zane Gray, and I know, yeah. I know, I used to have ones. some. Yeah, I knew, I know. I I would like to find a. Is there a LibriVox one? Yeah, there's some LibriVox ones. There's one. There's one that's like a, a collection of like short stories or like novelettes or whatever mm. that we could probably like pull one out of. 
Yeah. Um, Let's find uh, something that's um, going to be sparky. Yeah. I'm not saying mean necessarily, but uh, he's probably not a mean writer. I don't know. He's uh, he's like a we- like he's like a weird writer. He's very like antiquated in like various ways, but it's like everybody's having all these emotions. Um, <laughs> and the, so I don't know if you would like it. There's lots of emotions involved, Jesse. It's one called Spirit of the Border. Uh, it's 10 hours read by Leonard Wilson. This is an early novel by the phenomenally successful author of frontier Western and sports stories. It deals with historical characters and incidents in the Ohio Valley in the late 18th century, especially the foundation of Gnaden Hutton, a missionary village intended to bring Christianity to the Indians of Ohio. Despite the violent opposition of both Indians and white renegades, the turbulent adventure romance features the heroics of semi-legendary frontiersman Lewis Wetzel, who... Wetzel? It's Wetzel, W-E-T-Z-E-L. Who attempts to protect settlers from hostile Native Americans and the vicious white outlaws the Gertie Brothers, G-I-R-T-Y. Probably changed the spelling in Ellis Island. Is you one of your ancestors? Probably. He probably changed the spelling when he came over. You know. What's your name? Wexel. Well, it's Wetzel now. Yeah. Sad story. Stamp. Live with it. Um, so that seems a little long. Ten yeah. Hours. Um, not, they, not, they doesn't sound very interesting to me. I, I want I want more cattle rustlers. Is my thing. I, yeah, in fact, I'll, I'll listen to. I'll do some listening on this um, tale. It's called Tales of the Lonely Trails. Cool. Um, and see if any of the stories are good. And uh, I I found uh, Elmore Leonard um, the other day. Uh, that was public. I found a couple actually um, that were. Um, public domain from his early career and one of them got recorded and it's very good but it's not that deep it's just like you you read it and you say oh my god this this dialogue is so good um you can see like oh it's definitely elmore leonard wrote this but um i'm trying to think of like what's his deepest book elmore like i like really like out of sight you guys seen that or read the book no uh, I I want to say it's Ben Affleck. Maybe it's not Ben Affleck and Jennifer, whatever her name was. It's, oh no, it's not Ben Affleck. It's it's the other Batman. Um, he lives <laughs> on Lake Como. <laughs> He's handsome. He used to be on ER. Oh, George Clooney. George Clooney and Jennifer, uh, not Flowers. Jennifer Lopez. Oh. Um, very solid movie. I made me read the book, and the book is like, mmm, I love it. And it's actually, uh, it got turned into a TV show very briefly. Um, she was like a, um, the, the plot of the book is, he's he's a criminal, she's a cop. She was like a, same as Justified, what, Marshall? U.S. Marshall? Oh, okay. And what, the way he wrote a lot of his stuff in the 80s, he would do a test story to see if it would be a novel. So you like start typing, right? And then, yep, this is a short story. I can sell it. And then and he says, yep, and it's good enough to be a novel. So he just takes that character and then makes a novel out of that character. So for this, this is how Justified, the TV show got made, is uh, it's actually based on a character who's in a couple of books, uh, a couple of novels. But the whole show is based on the one short story, right? And then they just 
expand the idea and keep the character. And I, I hear the new Justified uh, seasons are good. So, or season is good so far. And it was a good TV show if you guys ever watched it. It's messed up that I never got into it. This should be available somewhere. Yeah, especially I'm... now that new one's streaming. Or whatever. Out of sight. It's, it's one of those movies where I like... I like um, uh, Jennifer Lopez. I think she's good. <laughs> I can't think of a lot of movies where I liked her. Like She did one... Like where it was like science fiction, I'm like, this is not good. It's like a lot of color splashing. What what's a good Jennifer Lopez movie? Isn't she a movie like is she a singer or a movie star? She's a singer, I think, but she also is like a movie star. Um I don't know. I don't know what a good Jennifer Lopez movie is. That the T V show was called Karen Cisco, which was named after the uh the short story that So the the same recipe and you know who you know who championed elmore leonard it was who? um it was quentin tarantino yeah he did jackie brown that was an elmore leonard book uh and a, not a not a particularly distinguished book either right um but the movie i think is terrific fiction yeah it's it's a terrific it, i think it's yeah. i think it's his best movie oh wow i have it's like one of his few movies i haven't seen <laughs> It's it's it's, it's one just of the best of the earlier ones. It, it's a, it's got a maturity to it. Um, it doesn't have his per, like he wrote everything else right. Nothing else is an adaptation. Um, and you know, matter no matter what script he touches, um, you know, it ends up being very Quentin Tarantino. And I love Quentin Tarantino, but uh, Robert Forster and Pam Greer, um, two seventies, you know. Yeah, exploitation movie actors um, revisiting uh, with Sam Jackson playing, you know, a Sam Jackson character from a Quentin Tarantino movie. And uh, who is the um, who's the other guy? The famous Italian <laughs> gangster movie guy. I'll just look it up. You know, he, you, you know him. He's from Heat, not Al Pacino, the other guy. Uh, Joe Pesci? Oh, he's not in Heat. Um, let's see. We got uh, Robert De Niro. De Niro. De Niro plays like a dumb guy. Will, you got to watch that yeah. movie. Yeah, that's... Maybe, maybe we should do Rum Punch. I, I don't know if I read the book. I might have. It's hard to remember. I think it's set in Florida. Maybe, maybe it's. I think the movie's Los Angeles. Maybe that's the big difference. He did a lot of Florida books. Uh, Elmore Leonard is like, um, he's like Westlake with a with a more. Um, I want to make money. I don't know. I like I like them both, but I think Westlake's. Even though he's kind of like shallower, he's also deeper. I think Elmore Leonard is more style. Uh, what was the one where he uh, it got turned into a movie with um, <laughs> the Saturday Night Saturday Night Fever guy? Who's that actor? John Travolta. Him, jo- John Travolta movie oh, set in um, Hollywood. I know what you're talking. Get Shorty. Get Shorty. It's a good book. Good movie. 
right? And they made a TV show out of it, too. And I'm like, I started watching it. I was like, this is kind of like that. <laughs> it's fine. Get Shorty's a good book, right? It's fun uh, movie. That's, this is outside of my... Uh, Are you not an Elmore Leonard reader? I'm not really, uh, like, mystery type. He's guy, not mystery. Like. He's crime. I, I haven't really read much. Same like, with... I, with Westlake, he 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 gets classified as mystery, but he, I don't think he wrote any mysteries. I'm, like the one God Save the Mark, there is a mystery in it, but it's not really that. It's more of his own thing. You know, Florida writers are so boring too. Well, he's not a Florida writer. I think he 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 moved to Florida for like the winter or something. So it's a slightly different thing. But I agree with you, Carl uh, Hiasson. <laughs> yeah, like, not terrible. a great not that's a great awful. writer. What? Like, I I saw people saying like, "Oh, he's so funny, he's such a satirist." And I like, think they're read it. Like, they're wrong. Oh my god, I want to like tear it's my. It's like eyes cat lady books. It's really bad, except but, for men. Well, the awful, the really awful thing about like, I mean, the character descriptions are like where they went to school, how much money they make, what their job is. Like, yeah, like, not great just, writing. It's just, it's a very superficial writing for rich people. It's like, uh, he graduated from this university and he has this amount of debt and he has this job and, uh, he's gonna do this when he grows. And it's like, oh my God. But like the character description is like their bank accounts, their, their statements. <laughs> Terrible. But, like, more, but like, <laughs> you know who, if you haven't read, uh, you'll be shocked to be finding out what a great writer is. It's Mario Puzo. Have you read Mario Puzo? No, I have not read the Godfather books. Neither have I. I've only read one book by him, I think. Um, it's called Fool's Die. And I, I picked it up at a thrift shop as an audiobook. I'm like, wow, an average audiobook at a thrift shop at the time when that was almost impossible. It was like five bucks. And I'm like, I'll listen to anything at this point. So I listened to it. And it starts off so amazingly well. It's, it's like, um, it's, you know, one of these big sprawling books about, you know, a guy <laughs> and his story, but it starts off as a, as if it's a science fiction book or a fantasy book. He says, come listen closely. I am a master of magic. And then he tells the story of his life going to Las Vegas and becoming a gambling addict and uh, a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like, it's a tour de force of writing. Um, but the thing that sells it was Grover Gardner. So good. Do the Grover voice. Grover's voice is much like this. Pretty sure that's not how it's. <laughs> yeah, actually. I don't know. I am. Um, yeah, Paul hates I it. Eaten anything in a while, so All I'm right. gonna have to go. I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, but it's good hanging out with you guys. Good and talking uh, and uh, you're good at talking about books. Don't let that. Don't let self doubt hold you back. Yeah. All right. Well, thank just you. Just show up. Thank you, Jonathan. Just show um, up and have read the book. That's all that's required. All right. All right. Well, I Thesis will uh, see optional. you guys in cyberspace. Sounds good. All right. So, yeah. Check out Fool's Die. You're the kind of guy who would pick up a yeah. book. I got, it's big and I'm thick, starting, but it's good. Um, Unless, like, something goes wrong, I'm starting a ghostwriting gig on Monday. Okay. Um, really big one. It's going to take up uh, a lot of time, but uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very good for me. Is it a um, 
a famous celebrity that you're not allowed to talk about until after well, this famous celebrity dies? I'm not allowed to talk about it, but it's it's not a. But I have I have written for famous celebrities before. I've written I've I've uh, I've I've you know people who don't think ChatGPT is going to replace writers. They're they just don't understand like what what a writer does and like what writers do. Like I've worked for very famous people and I've stayed in their house as I wrote their stories for them mm-hmm. and um, or done their research for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I guess I can talk about one famous person that I. Yeah, this is all going in the podcast, so just yeah, just I, I don't know. In seven months. Yeah, I, I don't know if I should, but like, do it. I mean, do it. No. Who's, I'm going to break an NDA on your podcast, dude. Um, but, nobody nobody like, listens. It's like, I, there was one, I mean, she, she died a long time ago, but there's one elderly woman who's from a famous Hollywood family. Mm-hmm. And I was doing research for her, her screenplay. Uh, it was a historical screenplay. And so I was in her house, like, reading books and taking notes. And she had, like, she's part of a large, famous Hollywood family. Mm-hmm. So, like, famous celebrities would be, like, walking back and what forth. What I'm hearing is that Sunset Boulevard. Well, no, like, like famous people are walking back. Like, currently famous people. No, 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 because you're staying in her house and drowning in her pool and in sunset boulevard she was a has-been she was like uh it's like whatever happened to baby jane but anyway what happened yeah um great yeah i love that movie but what eventually so i'm like doing all the research what eventually happened was i was hiking in griffith park and i got bit by a dog uh somebody's pit somebody's pit bull escaped and bit me and he was very nice. He brought me to the hospital. I got stitches, but I wasn't able to go in for a couple of days. And she had more assistance than just me. She had a, a, a lot of writing assistants. She had two writing assistants, me and another woman. And the other woman was her main writing assistant who, like, she'd be lying in bed and dictating to her. And then she'd arrange her notes for her and maybe write the first draft for her and maybe polish the first draft for her and everything. I was just doing the research. Mm -hmm. And she didn't think she'd be able to do the research, which is why I was brought on. But I was gone for a couple days and like, oh, you know, I can do the research just fine. We don't need anyone. So uh, Mm. that's that. But that's just like writers are very disposable. And. Well, that, you know, that, that, it's, a, it's, a, it's a set of skills. It's like uh, mercenaries, right? Now, the thing is, is uh, uh, unlike unlike um, a mercenary, there's art, right? There's no art in killing people or blowing bridges, right? That's all. It's all technical skill. So there is this thing where you can, like, I've done ghostwriting too. All you have to do is. You know, ask questions, answer questions in the form of paragraphs and fill pages. It's not super hard. Yeah. What? Uh, and so you can replace one skilled person with another. It, like plumbers, right? You don't need a guy to make it look pretty under there. It needs to be plumbed. So, uh, yes, a lot of writing is going to change because of ChatGPT. You are absolutely right about that. But so I- then you can't replace Westlake with ChatGPT. You can no, but, do Westlake style, but not Westlake. But you know, not like, yet. Anyways, if you're a writer, there, there's like all these entry level positions. Like people imagine that these celebrities and these famous writers and screenwriters are like sitting alone in a room typing up their stories, but they're not. They have a lot of assistance, a lot of help. Uh, 
backing them up. And yeah. the, that is what's going to be replaced by ChatGPT. So without those entry-level positions, you're not going to have people coming in. Like like most most of them, writers, they, they try to kind of hide their assistants. But for a lot of them, like being like George R. R. Martin, he has six assistants at a time. He talks about them constantly in interviews, mm-hmm. and he gets them jobs in Hollywood. He got his right, assistant yeah. yeah. show. Yeah. So that's a good entry level position to have. Um, you know, other ones they just try to kind of hide it. And uh, yeah, they, Elmore Leonard had one. Yeah, they, well, they Lawrence Block doesn't. Donald Westlake doesn't. And, and Elmore Leonard had one near the end of his life. He didn't have one, uh, you know, at the beginning. And what happened was, you know, sometimes writers dry up, right? Like Silverberg, he's drawn, he's dried up. And it isn't that, you know, he's incapable of writing. It's that he doesn't, he doesn't have a burning problem, right? And what's astounding about Lawrence Block is he is 80, right? And yet, he, he thought he was going to retire a long time ago because he saw other people. And he, what would happen is I, I, I read, read his lo- newsletters for like 20 years, right? And what would happen is he'd retire, he thinks, and then he'd just like come back from a vacation and he's got another novel. And because he can write it in a weekend and, you know, just sits down and types for eight hours then types for another eight hours and he's got a book. Very, very easy in the sense that it, they just flow out of him. But he's compelled to do it rather than, you know, this is a job. And and that's really cool because those people are pretty rare. There's a um, – there's actually a psychological diagnosis. This is considered <laughs> a mental illness, um, a compulsion to rights. So yeah. let, me, let me Google it because the, like all authors like – Philip K. Dick have this um I'm reading um, through his letters it's insane he's writing to everybody thanking them for everything <laughs> I, I i read a letter him writing a letter to uh i think it was cbs thanking them for uh their mini series on um uh, it wasn't charlton heston um it was burt lancaster i believe as moses <laughs> <laughs> and then he writes to the CIA, and then he writes to the FBI, and then he writes to, uh, you know, grad students he wants to fuck, and then he writes to his ex-wives, and then he writes to Roger Zelazny, and then he writes to Ursula Le Guin, and then he right like just continual writing, and he's writing some novels too. But then he's got this whole other thing, the exegesis thing that you know was just paranoid uh, navel gazing, <laughs> as far as so, I can tell. Uh, Listen, this is hypergraphia, mm. the driving compulsion to write, the overwhelming urge to, to write. Hypergraphia may compel someone to keep a voluminous journal, to mm. jot off frequent letters to the editor, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's considered a mental illness if you want to write books. There's a, on the Wikipedia entry, they've got a picture of what somebody, you know, signed their name a million times or whatever. I think, it it's just you know you can get uh animals you know in cages w- walking back and forth it's the same sort of thing but that's not what's going on with philip k dick philip k dick has a brain thing that's happening that says i need to understand i need to question i need to understand i need to question and he just like spins in endless circles he's always writing in his letters he's always like writing to whatever christian uh rosicurian sort of 
organization is out there that he can possibly find their books about and sending them, please, please send your new book on. <laughs> and also this old book, if it's still available. Sincerely, Philip K. Dick. He just, like, his brain is not like, I need to relax and uh, do some gardening. It's it's more like, what does it mean? Everything. And it's, it's cool, but you can't read that all day long because it's, it, most of it's not worth reading. So, I, I, it's, it, people's brains are different. I think Elmore Leonard started off as a very solid writer, continued for a long time, and then somewhere around Tishomingo Blues, after Out of Sight, Tishomingo Blues, like the books became less good. And he didn't last that long at that. It's like Tom Clancy, sort of similar situation, I think. Have you ever done um, um, uh, Piers Anthony on your show? Never. I've never read a Piers Anthony. Um, you should check out uh, his books. They're so dirty. Oh, my God. But they're like kids' books. It's really creepy that that was okay in the 70s. But it's very entertaining to read. Um, it's not great. But uh, yeah, that, that really not great part is is kind of what I mean. I mean, okay, not great. Like you know, I've got to say that just yeah. to be pretentious. But uh, it's very like if a spell for chameleon is the one to check out. If you're I'm looking at 1977 there. Fantasy 19, novel by British be American. Like 71 or 72. 77. What's that? 70? September 77. 77, really? Mm -hmm. That's what it says. September 77. I think of him as earlier in the 70s. There's a movie. Oh, it's in production. Okay, never mind. In development. That doesn't mean anything. There there will never be a movie for a spell for community. Oh, yeah, it says, AV Club described the book as, quote, sad, misogynistic fantasy. Little more than a bundle of leering, hateful, degrading judgments about both men and women. Oh, in that's which, so accurate. It's such a good book. And misogyny is, quote, fundamentally integrated as a primary theme. Wow. Dude, that is like such a positive uh, review. That Yeah, uh, you're right. It is. Paul won't like it, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> so, um, well, basic, I mean, do you want a uh, spoiler? Of course. I, I don't believe things can be spoiled. They can only be enhanced. So, central to... Um, the book is this mystery surrounding this woman who she changes according to the, um, the, the moon, uh, the, uh, phases of the moon. Mm -hmm. So I think when the moon is, I, I might be getting this wrong. Um, when the moon is full, she's very beautiful, but very stupid. And as the moon wanes, she becomes smarter and uglier <laughs> until it's at its opposite phase, when she's an absolute genius, but hideously ugly. But then the moon goes around again, and she becomes smarter and dumber and dumber, but more and more beautiful until it's the other phase, when she's like a total knockout, gorgeous woman, but totally dumb. <laughs> And that's that's the love interest. He's um, sense. he's making a judgment, all right. <laughs> he's yeah. making a claim. He he's saying something about women. I just don't know what. It's probably it's, it, uh, my idea is that all theses are fun. 
but some theses are better than other theses. So this sounds like it's a fun thesis, but not a very good thesis. <laughs> right? Like, well, well, what's the lady who invented Wi-Fi? They always say uh, the movie actress, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, it's a very sexy lady. I, I don't remember. There are smart, beautiful women. Uh, but, uh, Wi-Fi inventor. <laughs> so uh, it's not really what she so, did. So, but uh, that's like the Penny Lamar. This, that's the premise for a spell for chameleon, and but it's really entertaining. Like, like there's just all these weird sex jokes. Like uh, the hero, he's got to like get someplace. So there's like a female satyr. That's like the half horse, half mm-hmm. woman, right? So she no, like, no satyr is a goat. Oh, what's the? I mean, centaur, centaur, centaur. Yeah, centauress a, is what that yeah, is. Yes. She's a female centaur, and she like very reluctantly lets him like go, get, gives him a ride on on her on her back. So he's riding, <laughs> but then she comes to like uh, like a ditch. She has to like make a little jump over, and so he gets scared and inst- like impulsively. He reaches over, and grabs her boobs. Got it. Grabs her boobs. Yes. How did you know? Uh, because that's what I would have done in that situation yeah. if I'm writing a dirty so, book. So then, you know, she gets like really like angry and she like, gets spooked. embarrassed <laughs> and, and, and he's embarrassed. Was she wearing uh, boob armor or was it just all, nope, just, all natural? Just there, just yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like, but it's like written like it's like, like kids. Yes. Like, well, see, like uh, uh, what, what's wrong with that? Kids enjoy sex stories like that. I was a kid. I, it's true. I mean, at, at, there is an age, like, I don't know, probably around 8, 9, 10, where girls are gross. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, usually it's not girls are gross. It's more, or at least in my case, I'm like, boring. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play with dolls? Only dolls I'm interested in have guns. <laughs> Whatever, right? Sure. I, I want to do jumps on motorbikes and stuff. like That's, you know. And then... Uh, there's this weird period where you say, maybe, maybe there's a reason to like girls. And then that's all you can think about. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's probably why they were popular. I, I never read them. I, oh, Aspirin. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, I confused these two guys. Aspirin, Robert Aspirin, is that his name? Another uh, guy I, I never, mm-hmm. um, similar covers. Myth, myth, uh, book series. Another fine myth. Yeah. You know, all these ones. Well, I, I don't know him. I but, never uh, had him. With, with, with Anthony, like in 1977, parents are cool with their kids reading that. That was fine. They um, didn't read any, they, they didn't read the kids' books. They're busy with their own fucking lives. They don't care about their kids that much. They shouldn't. Like, I'm, when kids, when parents get mad about their kids playing Dungeons and Dragons, that's in like 80. When, Everything is like paranoid, right? About is, and that's wrong. It, it fucked things up a lot. I couldn't. There's a guy up the street from me whose parents were Christian. When they found out from their church or their TV that Dungeons and Dragons had demons in it, he wasn't allowed to be the DM anymore. Fucking suck, man. Yeah, I uh, wasn't uh, allowed to watch The Simpsons anymore because my parents found out on the news that it had curses in it. Yeah, really weird stuff. Um, so uh, that's wonderful thing about a book is the parent isn't going to read the whole book and approve it before <laughs> you read it, right? 
I, most I of the still time. feel like people were a little looser with that stuff in the seventies, and yeah. they just wouldn't have cared. Uh, uh, that was um, free. Uh, kids were free range. The end of free range kids was is, began in the eighties. You, you right. know what? You know what? Chameleon reminds me of. Have you seen like um, H.M. Puffin stuff? Or, or um, no, I, I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. Kind of reminds me of the Sid Marty Croft uh, shows a little bit, uh, except like a little more serious. Um, because those were just ridiculously silly. Um, they they were kind of like uh, Jim Henson, but more like fantasy rather than. Um, you must like, be older than me because I've never seen H. Uh, it says sixty nine. I'm only for, oh, 17, I just, Oh, you're younger than me. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, ran I, seventeen I, seasons, I guess. The other day, uh, so there was like this uh, fa- this uh, street this. A sidewalk sale uh, where I live, and there was in like the, this in the small town that has no businesses. Yeah, it was it was pretty much empty, but there was a guy singing, and he was dressed kind of. He looked a little bit like Uncle Floyd. So I and I mentioned so I came up to him and I said, uh, you know, I saw you from a distance wearing that suit. I thought you were Uncle Floyd. He said, "You're the fourth person today who said that to me." You know, you got to be of a certain age to know who Uncle Floyd is. And mm. I said, "I'm only 45." And he's yep. like, "Oh, sorry, an old soul." <laughs> I don't know. I just know old stuff. Yeah. I I think it's because I lived in uh, L.A. for like ten years, and everybody knows like and you know who a Marilyn this Marilyn Monroe is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew like everybody's kind of into media history, so I got in. So I'm into it. You know. Uh, all right. So I'm getting hungry. I think I'm. Gonna... Is, yeah, we should uh, break for some coffee and breakfast. Um, I was going to ask you, in, in your small town, is there an um, empty movie theater? No, there's no movie theater at all. Uh, oh, there's uh, there's a, a library that shows movie screenings. No, but like not there was no old movie theater? There is in the town next to me. The town next oh, to me okay. where I grew up is much larger than the town that I live in now. And they oh. do have a small one-screen movie theater yeah. where they have like first-run movies and film festivals and maybe second-run movies too. Um, in the building where I live, there's actually a movie theater that shows – it's free that shows second-run movies. And um, there, there's the library it's that free? has – yeah, there's a. How do they yeah, organize that? It's I live in uh, one of those newfangled uh, buildings. They all arcology, like one of those like buildings where like they all have movie theaters. What? All yeah, all the new move, all the new, um, all the new uh, buildings all have movie theaters. I've never heard of this before. When did this never start happening? It. Probably like 10, 15 years ago. Apparently, I'm very out of touch. Uh, send me a photo or something of it so I I can rave about it on Twitter because this is not this is news theater, to me. You want, you want a photo of the movie theater? Sure. I have no idea what that uh, – it doesn't it's, make any sense to me. It's really small. It's probably got maybe like 24, 25 seats. It's maybe – a small screen, like the size of a big screen TV, but it's a projector, and uh, I still show, like, can't. Im- the only thing that like that's even like this is like, you know, people used to have home theaters in the eighties. You know, you get your laser disc and your big screen TV, and you 
you know, have curtains or no, you know, just put it in the basement and then theater seating. But that was like per private, right? It's kind of like that. Yeah, it's the same idea. But I'm surprised people make fun of me because my building has so few amenities. So uh, I'm surprised you never heard of this. Well, I'm I'm in a another country and there, it's an old building. So maybe every other building. I mean, there's a lot of gym. Like my building has a tiny, tiny gym. So does mine. Yeah, but it's the same idea. You know, gyms are standard. Right. Movie, no. the, the movie, like they don't show like new movies. They show. It like, doesn't matter. I've never heard of this before. This is normal. They they have screening. They 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 show movies like every night at like seven thirty. It's all. all Are the people, yeah, everybody elderly? Is that what it is? Yes, they're all very old. Ah, okay. They're, they're all. So that is an amenity for elderly people. Yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's a club thing you can do when you're retired and you have no life and your dog's already been pooped. Absolutely. The, the the movie theater is full of very old people. What movies do they play? Like, whatever. Like, the last one I saw was that Scarlett Johansson one where she's a Russian spy. Uh, oh. Like a ballerina. Type. I didn't see that one, but I did see the one where she, she was a Russian spy who's a superhero, and that was pretty good. No, it's, it's it has to do with ballet and sex. Yeah, I vaguely recall the movie. Mockingbird, maybe or no, um, no, that's a book we talked about Sparrow? today. Sparrow, Sparrow, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was like, like that kind of movie. Like the old people love that kind of movie too. Like they just like rave about them. That's like that's good. like the favorite thing for old people. And I saw Joker there too. Oh, that's a good movie. And the, the old people love that. And there were some younger people. That's because it's a good movie. <laughs> they like good movies. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, maybe they wouldn't like, I don't know. Maybe they would I, I don't know what an old person is now anymore. Maybe they all love Quentin Tarantino movies. Because <laughs> I'm old now. I don't know. You know, it's the same idea as like there's a little room in the local library that shows movies. Um, it's the same uh, maybe, thing. maybe, but. You know, I still need to. Next time you're in there, take a photo on your phone. If your phone, sure. I assume your phone has a camera. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're talking to me on it's an iPhone. It should have a nice camera. Next time you're having to be walking by, take a photo. All send right, it, okay. It's it right next Twitter. door to the gym. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see it because I've never heard of such a thing before. It's, learn something new. <laughs> This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash sffaudio. I am going to see if my recorder is going to work. Oh, it says Skype recorder launched. That's a good sign. It says it's building a file. I, I might even believe it, too. All right. Um, Mine's building a file as well if we need a backup. Good. Mine's Thank you, sir. File as well Thank we, you, sir. We can get backup. Um, here's a question for you. Um, do you have any no. tea to spill? Because uh, Will asked me for something. <laughs> Is there going to be anything we need to talk about? Um I, and I was working really hard. I was I was digging up weird tweets, and I said, "Oh, maybe this will be good for Will." One of them was, um, and I tried to engage Paul on it, but he he was very little help, and then wouldn't join my game. 
Uh, Benjamin Harrison. Anybody know anything about Benjamin Harrison? I, I mean, no? I just don't know anything about him. It's like, it's was he the president it. who died? Oh, he's definitely a president, and he definitely died. But I don't know if he died in office. I don't think he did. Oh, is he, is he the one that died like a month after his? Uh... No, I don't think so. Because this this story I read by him is written. No, 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 after no. He's no. taking eighteen ninety three. Okay. Um. Right. Six, five, six, five, six. That was his uh, presidency, not his death. There's this date. whole period of American presidents that nobody's heard of. Yeah. Like, right, you know. So the reason I'm asking is, like, I was reading uh, an 1899 magazine called Short Stories, going through it, you know, processing stories. I was looking for uh, a Guy de Montpassant. I found two Guy de Montpassants. And then anything else in the issue, like, I, I look at the title, look at the author's look at the illustrations, and then I think, oh, maybe this will be good. And one of them was called uh, The Everglade Ghost. And I'm like, ooh, ghost story, right? And it's like four pages, two pages, something like that. And I'm like, okay, and start processing. And then I'm reading, it's B-E-N-J, period, Harrison. I'm like, that sounds familiar. (laughs) But I'm so unfamiliar with Benjamin Harrison, other than as being a president of the United States at one point. I mean, he 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 fought in the Civil War, and eventually became a. Um, he's a. He is noticed noteworthy in having beaten and lost to, in separate presidential campaigns, the same mass. He beat Cleveland, became president, Grover. and then Cleveland beat yes. him again. Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland is the only American <laughs> president who served two non-consecutive. Terms. Right. So far. And, right. By, so by, far, by, by, so, <laughs> right, by so losing to Harrison and then beating Harrison. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I know. I know who he is now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what, but what do we know about him? Like, other than like, so the reason I'm asking is this story was. Uh, it's interesting. It's told in second person. So it's mm. like you're in a swamp. <laughs> you were doing this. You were doing that. You sit down by the fire and you hear this story. And then the story is about a runaway slave called Nigger Jim, which I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I guess he's Mark Twain's Nigger Jim, or maybe mm. not, because it's 1899, right? And then um, the story is uh, he's been enslaved by the Seminole, um, but he does a great goodness for uh, the chief's uh, wife. Uh, she's the daughter of many chiefs. And eventually she dies and they bury her in a tree, which is interesting, a standing tree. And then um, he, he, for his services, he's supposed to be freed, but he is not freed uh, with his sister. His sister has to stay. And he's like, that's unacceptable. So he goes on a rampage, kills a bunch of Indians. And then the Indians um, uh, kill him. But his ghost uh, haunts, haunts them. And uh, and then they consult the the ghost of the uh, w- the old woman who's dead in the tree, and she says you need to uh, grind up his bones, and uh, and then that'll solve it. And uh, it sort of solves it. And I'm like, that's really interesting. Like this seems to be like a lot of the words in it. There was like two gods mentioned, and there's no previous mentions. Uh, of the Seminoles. One, oh, oh, there's one for the devil god, uh, whose name is Loco Somo. And, uh, the, the positive god, uh, you know, the great spirit of the Seminoles, all mentions, uh, you know, in Google Books, 
you know, Google Ngram are subsequent to this story. And I'm like, uh, was he a Florida man? Did he go on vacation in Florida? Because I, I think this is largely a true story. Uh, you know, like a uh, true no, no, Indian legend. Born, he, no, he was born in Ohio. Yeah. But as president, you know, w- did he supervise the addition of Florida? Like, I, I don't no, know no, the that, timeline. That, that, that was a century before. I mean, his, was that? I mean, he, he raised tariffs and he, uh, helped, uh, helped this, uh, negotiate a dispute in South America. That's what it, that, and, but basically his, uh, raising of tariffs caused him to lose his election and then he died. But but when was Florida added to the states? Um early nineteenth century, like eighty years before. Oh okay. And it was added as a state rather than a Yeah, it went, uh, it went territory. To state. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, went from Spanish territory to state in pretty mm. short order. And what about yeah. which was was Louisiana before? Uh that's the purchase, so I guess that's early nineteenth century yeah. too. Uh, um the, uh, Louisiana was before. Because it was Napoleon, um, right? Um, right, because Napoleon. Actually, actually, Florida Territory actually was a territory for a while, but oh. then became a state. What, but Louisiana what, When did it become a state? 45, 1845. Okay. So, right. 40 years before Harrison. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. These these characters, like uh, this guy, like Anchester A. Arthur, they're just kind of jokes on Futurama. That's their entire, you know. Like, if you type in Benjamin Harrison now, uh, you'll probably get a singer or something. And there's like. Just a, yeah, just a Arthur was, uh. Another president. Was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, right, right, right. He was two presidents before, uh, before Harrison. Yeah. We get, uh, so uh, the, the vision we get of American presidential history is there's, uh, Washington, a couple of Adams, Jefferson, and then there's a big gap, Lincoln. <laughs> Maybe Teddy Roosevelt. Then there's a gap, Teddy Roosevelt. And then um, always get Wilson. You know, we get a few others. Well, 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 yes, Wilson, Gap, Hoover, FDR. Yeah. So Truman. one of the one of the gauges. This is not like a. Um, I'm feeling uh, kind of manic, Will. <laughs> but uh, one of the gauges of um, <laughs> of uh, of like what I would do. You know, like if I was testing somebody's senility level uh, in the hospital. I'm watching a lot of House <laughs> MD. Um, you know, like they say, you know, what day is it? <laughs> What's my name? Stuff like that. What banana did I hold up a minute ago? Um, <laughs> um, is I would say like, count me backwards on presidents as far as you can. So you start Biden, Trump, Obama, right? You, you can go back. How far can you go back? I could go through probably the whole of the 20th century and not miss anybody. I might, I might fuck up around uh, Cleveland. Another Grover. Another Grover. Do Grover. the Grover voice. Grover. No, no, Grover Jesse, Cleveland. No. no, Jesse. No. By the way, did you guys notice who the narrator of this audiobook was? Yeah, it was Grover Gardner. Grover Gardner as Tom Parker. Yes, yeah, yes. He 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 was cosplaying as Tom Parker, but it was clearly Grover Gardner. Clearly, I, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, he, he's he, the narrator. He, he, he basically did narration under under the name under. Yeah, name. he has a pseudonym for his narrations sometimes. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know who he is, Grover. Oh, go, 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 he's Grover. the narrator. Uh, he's a yeah, famous I, I narrator. Know, he, 
he he is a he is a very prolific audiobook narrator. Um, I've heard him do lots of stuff. Um, He's associated with Blackstone, which is where this audiobook yeah. came from. You're you're very new to audiobooks, Jonathan, right? Is yes. your yes. fourth or something like that? And you narrated one for a YouTube channel, and yeah. that's it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. It'd, it'd be like not knowing who Humphrey Bogart is, okay? Wow. Yeah. That, that's yeah, but wait, wait who's like Humphrey you know, Bogart? Gotta, Indeed, who is Humphrey I Bogart? <laughs> so, like, I used to. I lived in L.A. for like ten years, and for a while, I was working as as a background actor. And uh, you know, like, there's a lot of downtime, and uh, we were on you know the, the studio lot where there's like a the Fox, where there's a big huge mural of marilyn monroe mm-hmm. and she's like really high like i forget like where maybe on a water tower or something but like very visible very high up so like i was talking to an actress and she motioned to the mural and she said wow she's beautiful <laughs> who is she yeah it's like who that is she? Like, wow she's beautiful who is she and i'm like <laughs> you don't know who Marilyn Monroe is, like you know, you're an actress. You're supposed to. Well, I mean, she's she's not primarily known as an actress, I think, anymore, which is interesting. Like, if she didn't know who um, Betty Page was, that'd be much more reasonable. But as, yeah. I mean, Marilyn Monroe be- became famous because she was an actress, and then she became famous just as a person, right? Like Andy Warhol or. Sure. Superman or somebody. Like Superman is not an actor. Who's not an actor? Superman. Yes, he pretends to be Clark Kent. Clearly. Oh, damn it. Damn it, you're right, Terrence. Indeed. I, I, I concede the point. I'm sorry. So that's all well, the tea I got on Benjamin it. Harrison. Yeah, there's not a lot of tea on Benjamin Harrison. I'm sorry about that. Oh. Yeah, so I'm the sure. tea is Jesse read a story and <laughs> told us about it. Um, I sent some you know other tweets to you too. Uh, well, direct messages. One was from some guy who was, was saying we won the Vietnam War, except the Democrats stole it from us or something like that. I'm like, what? Um, <laughs> that's like well, the man did the high castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, They're painting their own back. story. I, I remember reading essays by Jesse Pornell saying that yes, basically the Vietnam War was won until we pulled out. And it's like even then, it's like what, the Afghanistan really? War was won until we pulled out. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, delusion is a hell of a drug. Uh, uh, people get lost in their definitions. Like they think, you know, this is winning because we killed more of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess the police win <laughs> most confrontations between citizens and police. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Victory is victory is hard to define. Or vic- no, or let me put it this way: victory is defined by the winner. I don't know if that's true. I think it's 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 like in, history. In the short term, maybe yeah. in the long term, no. But in the short term, certainly the the, the certainly the 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 winner defines. There's something to do with speech, there, right? <laughs> like the you know the ability to go around parading. Because like if if you have a monkey tribe fighting a orangutan tribe. Uh, 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 on the other hand, if you have control of the of um of information, then you can say you won. There's there's the case of the uh, Egyptian pharaoh who 
basically lost a battle in Syria, but went back and carved it as a victory on his monument. Mm-hmm. But he lost. But it's clear. It's clear the Egyptians got their got themselves got their asses handed to them. But he's just an all I want and and put it on his monuments that way. Yeah. So you know. And you know, if, if, if we didn't know that he didn't win, maybe. Uh... No, but we have plenty of other evidence. Yeah, we have plenty of other evidence, especially from the Hittites. Say, no, no, he, no. The Egyptians, the Egyptians got spanked. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I think it was Ramses the third. Yeah, you did not win that battle any way, shape, or form. Uh, did not. the per- did the Persians win their war with uh, Athens and Sparta? Um. They did not achieve their objectives of subjugating Greece, so no. <laughs> if, if that's what their objective was, right? That, well, well, that, that was their objective. I mean, the objective of the Persian Wars, oh, God, we are so sure off on a tangent. But again, we, um, was to... Spill the tea, uh, Paul. Spill well, the tea. The Spill that ancient tea. <laughs> the, 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 the objective of the Persians was to punish the Greek city-states for supporting the rebellion of the Ionian colonies in Turkey. Punish. They did the punish. Sum of the punishing. But, what punished by punished by basically but I think I think the uh, Athenians uh, and the Spartans they they wouldn't say they lost right no 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 they certainly they they, they took heavy losses but they certainly prevented the Persians from uh, from yeah getting they can both claim anything. victory um I, I mean for a century afterwards the Persians basically played the, the Spartans and the Athenians against each other like uh like puppets. So uh, maybe that, that, maybe that this brings up like the idea that uh, wars can never be won; they can only be lost. What do you think about that? Um, well, it's uh, 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 the no, no, no. Um, there, there may not be a winner, but there may certainly be a, a strong loser. See, following Carthage. Say again, Jonathan. Well, it's whoever gets the most favorable term in, in whatever treaty they sign. Like in uh, Lucian's uh, A True History, there's, you know, the guy and he goes in this epic fight war in like Venus and the moon and he's fighting for this one side against the other side. But then his side loses and they sign like a treaty and, and it's 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 old Roman satire. But uh, it's, um, you know, it, it's, Is that it's the golden ass. Treaty. No, it's Lucian. Okay. Um, it's oh. uh, a true history. He was a. Uh, ah, I think you mentioned this. One. Yeah, okay. It's another one was, of these ancient stories. He was stories. a Roman satirist of Greek descent. Um, he, he was he was a Greek living in Rome after you know the whole Greek thing, um, and he was he was a very popular satirist. And and his uh, a true history is. Uh, you know, it's a, it's also called a true story. I just linked it in the chat. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, well, it's, it, 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 it's proto proto science fiction, mm-hmm. sure. Kind of. It's, well, well uh, I, I, I mean, travel out of space, going to other planets. Um, it's like Gulliver's Travels. But I, I, a, I, I mean, uh, you could say there's robots in this thing. Um, it's, uh, it's a parody of uh, travelogues, and other people in travelogues made outrageous claims, like going to other planets and mm-hmm. stuff. So he was kind of poking fun at that. Um, so I mean, you could say it was proto science fiction, but his point of view or his attitude was that going to other planets is impossible, and he's making fun of other people for making these wild claims. So he's Kim mm-hmm. Stanley it, Robinson, is what you're saying? Oh, go! Don't, I don't, had the don't, same don't, thought. Oh my god! Don't go! Don't go! We're in sync. Go We're there. in sync. Do not go there. No, we had that discussion. No, thank Venus you. Venus is off limits, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> also, Mars. 
Like Lucien, he thought like the atomic theory of matter was hilarious. He just loved to make fun of that. He thought the idea that there was planets and stars was just outrageously funny that people believe that. So he's kind of he's joking about that. And he's making fun of other people's scientific beliefs, which is like the antithesis. Yeah, of, no, that's Jonathan uh, Swift, right? And he's making fun of yeah of the science guys. Yes, he's, a, he's poking at the nerds. He's saying it's really funny that they're bent over these cucumbers uh, conducting experiments yeah. on them. Uh, that's uh, hilarious. Why would they spend their time doing ridiculous things? Margaret Cavendish, I've mentioned her too. She mm-hmm. had the same attitude. Um, why are they looking at telescope microscopes? They can just look at the thing. Yeah, here, here's the tweet. The U.S. did, with three stars around the did, beat North Vietnam. The Tet Offensive broke them. <laughs> But then the Soviet communists' primary primary allies of the U.S. Democratic Party decided to abandon a war that America had already won. Uh-huh. <laughs> was it Nixon president when we pulled out? Uh, yeah. 72, yeah. Right. Yes. The, yeah, the Vietnam War was started by Democrats and ended by a Republican. Yeah. It's the opposite of... Which is the opposite of just about all of, of American history lately. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, was, it was a democratic war. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It started um, so, by so, uh, JFK and then um, Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, did No, didn't Eisenhower? I think Eisenhower had troops in there before JFK. Or at least advisors. At yes. Uh, that's, no, that's what it is, right? It always starts well, well, with advisors. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I know, but it's like, it, it, it is a matter of a scale and difference. Yeah, um, but the advisors that were in, like, uh, JFK wanted the advisors out, right? And uh, he, so he, like, here's the problem is nothing always starts on the day we say it does. There's always, like, stuff before. Some sailor washes up on the beach in Korea and we say, look, it's first contact. No, we think it's when Perry goes in there or whatever. Uh, oh, you mean Japan and are you, are you talking about Shogun all of a sudden? No, I was saying, I was thinking Korea. Because you went Korea and, and Perry, so I was like, are it's, you mean Korea or Japan? Uh, Perry, what? Perry's there too. It, it, Korea and Japan are like uh, brother and sister, or mm. uh, stabbing. You know, the, the previous empires. It's they're all hermit kingdoms. They were that was their solution. Like, stop fighting with others. We need to get you a silent keyboard, there, Paul. No, we don't. How, if you're going to fact check me in real time. You have to have a keyboard that's not noisy. All right, what about this uh, Lois and uh, My Adventures with Superman show? Are you watching that, Will? I watched the first episode. Um, uh, it's a cartoon. Uh, uh, yeah, the cartoon My Adventures with Superman. It's like a. Um, it's supposed to be in the style of a shonen anime. Um, so it's like, uh, it's like when, uh, like. Clark is like coming into his full powers. He like goes through like this like pretty girl transformation. <laughs> What's that mean? Um, it's like he's uh, he's like, he, like, he, like he doesn't have the curl on his oh, hair. Oh, oh, oh. So it's not pretty girl transformation. You mean a magical girl transformation? Yeah, magical girl transformation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Tell um, me more. What's this mean? Yeah, it's like Sailor Moon. You know, um, I've it's never like, watched it. Or 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 or, or, or like um. Uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Yeah, I and I, I haven't I watched a of. lot of anime, and so I don't know. I um, 
I I don't know if I'll keep watching it. I mean, it definitely is like a television show for like um, children. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I also like, I think I might be parting ways with HBO Max soon, uh, or uh, just Max now. Uh-huh. Uh, Max. So uh, I guess I could. It's just going to be an X soon. <laughs> it's oh dear all, God! Take away it's the HBO, X. take away the MA. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's all X now. Um, we're just posting. You're going to be an XX user. Say again. You're going to be an XX user. Oh, no, I mean, where else am I going to go? I mean, I like Facebook. Cause Torrents, I'm bro. Facebook. Yeah, I oh. guess I could torrent. Um, I watched the Weird Al movie last night. Really good. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, it's it's off in many places. Uh, and I don't mean this, the, the, uh, <laughs> the reality of the movie. <laughs> uh, what I mean is, like, the dialogue is sort of, like, a little bit clunky. Uh, like, they could have used another pass on it. There's some random stuff that is is works and random stuff that doesn't work, you know, random humor. Um, it's not as good as UHF, but uh, you can feel it's, it's nice to see weird Al in a movie again. And, uh, you can feel, uh, his hands all over it. it. I thought, uh, yeah, yeah, but he, he he plays like the record producer or something. Um, uh, and uh, one of the things that I think, is would be fun if I had more more of these skills. They go to a party. Uh, Doctor Demento throws a party, and uh, oh, there's a whole lot of people there uh, at the party, and all of them are celebrities of the kind that Weird Al is. So really crappy celebrities. So one of the people you recognize is uh, Pee Wee Herman, right? Uh, and then there's uh, one of those ladies who looks like a wrestler with lots of makeup. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know, I've seen her in something. Um, Andy Warhol is there, you know, it's like a lot of weirdo celebrities. Um, and so like there's sort of there's that element, but, uh, the, the plot is fun because it's, <laughs> you know, Madonna's the bad guy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sort of a pop culture thing and it has that Weird Al sensibility, which I, uh, uh, very nice. I met Weird Al once. He was, uh, friendly is my guess. No. Well, actually, like, that's an interesting story. I was press at, at a movie that he was, uh, and it was a 30 minute, uh, 3D oh. movie where he gets shrunken down and goes into a brain, I think it was. Okay. And, uh, it was, it was playing at a county fair in California and I was, uh, press, mm-hmm. uh, to review the movie. And I was told before I went in there, you know, don't try to talk to Weird Al Yankovic. He does <laughs> not talk to press. He's wow. very, very, uh, unfriendly and you can't even look at him. Like, don't make eye contact. Wow. If uh, you're about to make eye contact, look away. He does not want to talk to you. So I was, you know, standing in the press line and I saw him walking down there and all the press were following the instructions and looking away and trying not to make eye contact. And I said, uh, hi, weird out. You have a quote for me. And uh, he was he was fine. He, he chatted like a normal person. He said, um, yeah, I do. Uh, this is a movie about a brain. Um, as Woody Allen said, the brain is my second favorite organ or something along those lines. <laughs> and, uh, then he walked on. He was, he was perfectly normal. I mean, yeah. Maybe not like as as gregarious as a lot of celebrities I'd met, but not well, like. Well, press he wasn't press like people, you can't scary. trust them. You know, like they described him as like scary, like terrifying. No, mm. he was just normal. 
Um, just maybe not not as talkative as most uh, celebrities are. Uh, but, I'm uh, trying to find that movie on the. Uh, it's it's about IMDb. Long. It played at a county fair. It was right after Avatar came out, and they were exhibiting 3D, or maybe it was right before Avatar. But it was during the 3D boom, and it was to show off like the 3D technology was the purpose of the movie, and it just played at this uh, county fair. Mm. Um, in in Cal in uh, California, um, somewhere in the valley. I don't I don't even remember where. Um, it was that was a long time ago. That was like two thousand and eight ish. Yeah, well, Avatar. When yeah, first Avatar um, came out. But uh, it it might not even be on IMDb. I don't know. Uh, you know what I discovered? I was amazed. Um, Alan Norse, Alan E. Norse, science fiction writer, doctor. Um, he he did a short film of uh Richard Matheson's uh story first first published story uh, born a man and woman and and showed it at uh the 12th uh, i don't know uh, uh a, a worldcon and it's you know it's not listed anywhere else but uh Forrest Ackerman was mentioned mentioned it as uh in the back of a you know magazine i'm like wow because oh, you guys know that story, Born a Man and Woman. Yeah. No. I think so. It's it's uh, told first person from the. It's like three pages long. It's public domain. I just discovered recently. Um, it's three pages long. And it's uh, diary entries from a baby or a child who lives oh, in the yes. basement. You yeah. know this one. Yeah. Um, it's a. I always think of it like uh, with the Judith Merrill story uh, called. Uh, of woman born or not no, of woman born? Yeah, that only a mother, I think, is. Ah, yeah, uh, which is a little earlier, um, but it's not. It, it, it's it's all about radiation mutations. So this is a radiation mutated baby story, um, but it's just so well written, and it's from the perspective of of the the kid. And at the end of the story, you find out, oh, like the kid has multiple legs. Uh, and you know, like, you know, there's all sorts of hints, uh, the, the kid's weird, right? And that's why yeah. the parents have him locked up in the basement. Um, but, uh, to film it, uh, only way I can imagine doing it to do it properly would be, you know, first person perspective out of the eyes of the kid. And that doesn't. And, and then pull at the very end to show yes. how it works. Like the Twilight Zone episode, where oh, yes. she thinks she's ugly, but she's yeah, yeah, beautiful. exactly. Yeah. Or like The Outsider, right? By Lovecraft, where you know yeah. you get the mirror reveal at the end. Um, and what what's cool about this uh, thing about how to do it is it's super simple, right? Like it's just a kid in a basement. Uh, he looks out the window. He goes upstairs uh, to listen to see what's going on at the party up there. And actually, uh, as I was reading it, I was like, this is The Outsider. Um, it's a retelling of The Outsider. There's an ascension. Um, he, the kid doesn't know, uh, how he's, how he's born. Um, and then, uh, at the end, he, there's a transformation. Maybe that's the pretty girl thing you were talking about uh, with the trend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand what that is exactly, the, but the Twilight Zone episode. Uh, where you know, I know they, that one. Yeah, no, no, I meant um, uh, 
Superman becoming pretty. <laughs> yeah, Godcast. I'll uh, later I'll send you a a, a gift yeah, of okay, uh, a magic girl girl transformation. Yeah. So what 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 does it consist of? Um, you know, like she gets like covered in like uh, Cinderella, like like bright light and like just transforms from like a mundane form into like some kind of powerful form. She takes her, she takes her glasses off and she's pretty. She lets her hair down like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'll just send you a gift later. All right. it, you'll be all right. Um, okay. Sorry to the people listening to this uh, magical girl transformation. Just Google it. All right. Thank you. Uh, any more uh, exciting tea that needs to be spilled or should we talk about upcoming shows and then get on to a podcast? Yeah, let's 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 do that because I have you today. So. Paul has game. Big surprise. All right. Um, Farnham's Freehold next week. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Uh, um, for your sins, Paul. For your for sins. For my sins. Please get me the book as soon as possible so I have a chance to I'll, listen to I'll it. I'll process it today. Book. Yeah. I don't think okay. it's that long. I think it's probably eight hours. Maybe ten at the most. Um, there, I found the TV tropes on... A transformation like, sequence? Yes. Oh, I see. There's... Uh, so uh, was the images on the left? The, it, it, no, it goes down. So it's at the top. Oh, so this is the same girl. character, right? And then and then they become more. Okay, clearly uh, it's like a, some sort of puberty thing. I don't get. No, it's not a puberty thing. Um, think of, <laughs> they, they think we. I got uh, boobs now. Like no, that. no, no, no. Um, no, you, you, you know what's the person? You know what's the perfect example of a magical transformation sequence? Okay. Shazam. Billy Batson, as kid. Yeah, he turns says the word Shazam and then. And becomes yeah. Shazam. That's a transformation sequence. All right. Or uh, yeah. like uh, what happened to Captain America. Well, no, no, but, that, but that's a one way permanent. Whereas oh. Which we're transforming. Okay, so she likes. Yeah, so it doesn't work for puberty because it's, it's, it's right. when she gets her period or something like that. No, it, it, it's when when, when you kick when up the she power. comes off of her period. <laughs> I uh, I found the Weird Al movie that I saw. It was called Al's Brain, and it's uh-huh. a 2009 film that premiered in the Ocean County or maybe Orange County. It says OC. Oh, there. oh that's yeah, Orange OC County. would be Orange I County. I used to live there. Uh, is there an Ocean County? Orange County, yes. Orange County. No, I know about Orange County. Um, I was no, surprised I when I went to, uh, I think it was Los Angeles, they had an Ottawa area of Los Angeles. Like, what? There's a bunch of things like that. Uh, anyways, yeah, Al's Brain. There it is. Paul McCartney, Patton Oswald. Oh, he's also in the movie. Patton Oswald is in the uh, Weird Al movie. It's good. And uh, by the way, it's free. If you go to, um, if you have a Roku TV, it's on Roku. Uh, and if you don't have a Roku TV, you can get the Roku channel, and no it's free there. Way. Yeah, this movie's lost. The uh, oh. the, the 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 owl's brain is considered lost. No. Somebody deleted it. That means that I I literally saw like a lost movie. Where did you um? Are you reading that on IMDb? Lost Media Wiki. Uh Well, that's what you get for not widely distributing, I guess. <laughs> Have you checked uh, Pirate Bay? 
It's probably yeah. not, unless it was ever on DVD, it's probably not. It's also shot in there. a format that uh, never really, there's 3D format that never oh, yeah. really part on. So, you know, it's unlikely that you're going to find it uh, on, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. streaming. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, Farnham's Freehold, No Man's Land by John Buchan. Uh, that's uh, Connor K. Reed. God Save the Mark, Zero Cool, Houston, Houston, Do we, Do You Read by James Tripchy, Colorado Kid, Sheba by Jack Higgins, The Radium Pool. Now, uh, Will, you're in for this, right? Yes. Uh, my Ed Earl Rep. Yes, yes, I put her on. Um, and I put you on. I just, I can't remember if it was. So I got Farnham's, I'm on Farnham's Freehold next week, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Let me just check. Aren't we going to talk about Prodigy or whatever? We just uh, was present for we're going to we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> a present for Pat is uh, the next Philip K. Dick that's listed. Um, and uh, I look at that, Paul. Oh, and um, uh, Sartor Resartus is on the list there. Terence is signed up for that. And then in October, Hey Ibn Yakdan by Ibn Tufail. You. You know it. You love it. <laughs> it's like a Weird Al <laughs> set of words. Hey, Ibn Yakdan by Ibn Tufail. <laughs> Perfectly normal. All right. So um, I guess we can start, huh? Uh, sure. Yeah, yes, let's start, please. All right. Uh, Paul, you do a roster for people while I type in um, Wikipedia. Uh, Jesse, Paul, Will, Terrence, Jonathan. Wow. Good job. All right. Uh, Hmm. Novella. Here we go. So, uh, you know, I've talked about Up the Line by Silverberg before. And, are uh, are we starting? for the podcast. I think we're starting. Here yes, we go. Okay. So mm-hmm. remember, you say your name at the end of this list of people, okay? Oh, okay. All right, <laughs>